happy Batman Day, everyone. This is Comics from the Multiverse, <laughs> episode two. Is it really Batman Day? I think it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. And and I'm annoyed. I also hate Pete because I was going to do that. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got something about his team getting booted out of the the, the season in a minute. Don't worry. There's more to come. He doesn't even know the fight. terminology. Yeah, no. <laughs> was it playoffs? Got, was that, that they, was got, happen? they got fired. <laughs> they lost. The losers. The Golden Knights are losers. There's one true night, and the Golden Knights are losers. Okay, I'm just. I'm, I, I do know Pete. Yes. Pete knew that he kicked the bear and might have been missing a leg because he did not fight me the other night. I was like, bro, tonight's not the night. And he's like, okay, uh, uh, Tyler set me up to that and sold him up automatically. Oh, yeah, he did because uh, I was streaming and he came out and she goes, oh, by the way, Dallas just uh, beat the Knights yeah. and now they're, they're out, of the, out of the playoffs uh, or whatever. Yeah, a little bit unfortunate. <laughs> some, some poor referees. Yeah. You know. um, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. But that, that's sports. This is uh, our it DC is. Comics it, it, podcast, believe it or it, not. You don't. I always say that sometimes people ask why you watch bad movies sometimes. And it's like, well, if you don't know what's bad, then you can't appreciate the good. Right? If you're if the team's always good, you know, so and you special. don't ever have disappointment, yeah, then you become entitled. And nobody likes entitled sports fans. I, no, looking at you, I get it. I, I got to watch my football team on TV. For the uh, first time in like seven years. Okay. Yeah. It was it was special. Okay. All right. All right. Enough. Enough for the the, the sports talker. Right. We're celebrating the end of the sports talk on this show for quite no. some time. So. Oh no! It's football season. I'm gonna have oh. some hot Rams takes. No 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 no. no, no, no. Uh, I can't join in, but I'll support you all the way. This is episode two one nine. I double checked. <laughs> this is our DC Comics podcast. And coming up on this week's show, we'll be discussing the mammoth-sized Detective Comics 1027. Also, Batman 99. So, oh, good for Bat Day, I suppose, right? you got both Detective and Batman. Probably intentional, yeah. at least on this week. Yeah, at least, yeah, 1027. Well, I put it the other way around. They probably intentionally picked Batman Day to match this uh, week. Get it done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, also Justice League 53, Catwoman 25, which is back in the Mexico. It's got a new writer, so we thought we'd give it a, a look. Uh, and then Connor's going to do a Patreon book. Uh, he claims it's Red Hood 48, but he's not 100% sure that was the number. Uh, I'll double check when I get there. It was yeah. definitely Red Hood. I know, I know that <laughs> much, but it was 40-something. It was 40-something. Um, so with, with the lack of, of a lot of comics this week, uh, I finished... I didn't finish. I'm almost finished with um, West Coast Avengers. And oh. I finally got to meet Jeff the Land Shark, um, <laughs> and it's almost over, so I'm very upset. That's yeah. that's uh, I remember that feeling. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and they just got to vampires, and I'm like, what happened to this book, Marvel? Oh yeah, I saw the last two issues. Good. Yeah, yeah. High at the end. Like, ah, it's very disappointing. Um, it was very sudden as well. I remember finding out it was cancelled, and we only had like one issue left. Like Marvel do that. Out. Like there was a book, uh, recent. I think it was the last Doctor Strange book, which mm -hmm. was a. Fairly, I mean, it's a fairly noble character. It was written by Wade as well. Mm -hmm. They didn't actually tell anyone it was cancelled until issue six came out. And then at the back in the letters page, it was like, well, that was the last issue. Thanks for thanks for joining us. I was like, yeah. what? It was that thing where they put final issue in the solicit. So by the time we knew it wasn't coming, it was like, okay, maybe it's just taking a month off. And right. then by the time you realize it's not just one month off, there's only one issue left to come out. That, that, that was that was the, the gist yeah. of it. This, this yeah. was slightly different. Obviously, this was obviously six was originally solicited. A while back and then there was the break and then the you know the staggered release so they hadn't solicited issue seven but it didn't seem that weird at the time until you got to the end of six and they were like oh that's the end of it 
Yeah. But yeah, so so I read through that, and I, yeah, Jeff the Land Shark, and now I don't know where to go for more Kate because I think I've read just about all the Kate stuff. I think the Lemire, she's in Lemire's Hawkeye, right? I never read Lemire's Hawkeye. Huh. Yeah, me neither. Shoot. I'll take it. But I, I've almost read every Kate thing I can at this point, so. So you're waiting God. for the TV show now at this get, point. You're like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting sad because now it's also I've read most of the Laura stuff. I mean, not all of it. I'm not going to go back through the non-Taylor stuff. Um, but I read the, I read the Taylor, the Tamaki. There's, so there's all the, the pre-Wolverine stuff, basically. That you yeah. Have eh, I don't know if I want to go through all that. That's a lot, a lot. Yeah. You know. There's a lot. Maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a good run in there. So maybe someone can recommend yeah, well, a good X twenty three run. I've heard mixed things about. Uh, I've heard mixed things about the Wolverine's story that sold it, you know, right mm. after Wolverine died. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, I've heard good things about the old X-23 title. But, yeah. I did. I did. I have that trade, her first story. Not the, not the first appearance from NYX. Mm. But, you know, the story that they kind of used for Logan. Yeah. Um, in there. I, I did read that. But, yeah, so that means I can finally catch up on Immortal Hulk now and Captain America and Avengers. Cool. Which is good. But, you know, it's the end of the Marvel section that I really liked. The young heroes, you know, Laura mm. and Gabby, and Kate. Because they kept canceling their books, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it I, I feel like it's uh, That's true of both companies right now. That mm -hmm. They're kind of in a bit of limbo with the, the younger oh, true. heroes. I know obviously Young Justice is going right now, but not for much longer. Yeah. Um, Teen Titans, I don't know if that's actually coming to an end. I can't remember. No, it's just cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Teen Titans Young Justice uh, are both cancelled. So it's uh, well, they gotta show up somewhere, right? I mean, we hope think. so. <laughs> they do this though. I mean, just uh, just like when I was introduced to Teen Titans, it was the the Johns team that was made up of the blown up uh, Young Justice and well, you know Wolf Teen this, Titans. So it's this converging thing where the further we go in time, the more and more that unless you're one of the big characters, you can't sustain an ongoing book for longer than you know, 12, maybe 20 issues. And that, that seems to be becoming more and more the case as we as we go on. Yeah, I admit, that's why I enjoyed Batman the Outsider so much, because sure, Batman's in there, but it really wasn't his book. And so the fact that you got that many, it, it reminded me of uh, Checkmate or the Outsider's book from before, you know, that were these weird niche corners of the DCU, you know, that don't have to have a main, main character. Like uh, I'm, I'm genuinely worried that there may not be a new Batgirl book when they relaunch some stuff because there may not be, but that that may be below the line I now. Think, I think there will be something Batgirl. I think they've got too many Batgirls not to be a Batgirl of some sort, or even a Birds of Prey featuring Batgirl. Yeah, like, there'll be there'll be something where I don't know. I I can't say it'll definitely be a, a Barbara Gordon book, but or, right. or you know maybe, maybe it will be in in the Birds of Prey capacity. Oh, but there'll be something. That was just that an example. Said, it's just an example of something no, no. that I'm feeling is maybe just slightly below that line now, where uh, it can only sustain ongoings for certain characters. Looking, looking at the kind of people that are in charge now, and they came from the young adult side of things. Yeah. I definitely think that they think of anthology styles differently. You know, whereas it kind of used to be, you know, because like, that's what you do with the young adult stuff. Like it's kind of in its own. Yeah, Zone, I wonder if that will, in in just in direct terms of this conversation, if if those people being in charge will bring in a little bit of bias of hey, we yeah. like the young adult stuff, and well, yeah, that's what they've been working on. Maybe we'll get some more of these younger heroes, and I'm kind yeah. of including Batgirl in that. 
because mm-hmm. it fits in with those characters uh, a well, lot, even though she's often a bit older. Yeah, when, when I say the younger heroes, I mean they're the ones that are just below the Justice League level. You know, to I even throw a Nightwing, even though he's kind of he's almost he's an borderline at yeah. this point. You know, but he was part of that first team of Titans and stuff. Sorry, we'll just, I had we'll, a coffee delivery. Yeah, we'll just all um, pause for about to have his coffee delivery. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was just like, what's going on? Yeah, that's fine. Um, anyways, uh, you know, and, and Wally was in that, and so, and then you have a level kind of below them, you know, and that's kind of who we are referring to. Um, yeah, I'm going to. Kind of I'm, I'm just easy. just to sort of bring this back around to Batman. I'm going to read you an inspirational tweet here from I someone. Trying to get away from about Batman. about Batman on this day of of Bat, the day of the night. Batman is all of us. He is our rage at, at injustice. He stands. Oh, oh, my phone turned off. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he stands That's alone. What you get. As we all wish we could, in the face of a corrupt system which wishes to oppress and exploit, he is that broken child searching the dark alleys of the human soul to bring balance to the world. Hashtag Batman Day. From Zack Snyder. All right. I knew it. I, knew it. I could tell just from the tone. Yeah. Ugh. I uh, I posted a tweet yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I took a picture of a, a a paragraph from Grant Morrison's Super Gods book, which I'm rereading because it's fantastic. And uh, it's been a few years. And uh, I posted, you know, a paragraph. And and you know, he basically talks about how you know there's this idea that that people think that you know kids struggle telling you know fiction from reality you know that's why you, you can't you know you're not allowed to do like you know really violent stuff in a lot of kids cartoons for example mm-hmm. and he's like no you know kids just no it's fine you know the, the the example goes um child knows that the 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 crabs on the beach don't talk or sing like the cartoon crabs in, in the little mermaid they can accept all these things adults on the other hand have this desperate need to make it fit into the real world and and, you know, and he goes, and the answer is, you know, why of all this is, is really obvious to any child. As you, know, why can, you know, why can, how can Superman fly? How, how can Batman possibly run a multi-billion dollar business empire during the day and fight crime at night? And the answer is obvious, even to the smallest child, because it's not real. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, as a continuity retcon type nerd, I like when they get to the minutia, right? No, no, there's a difference, though. Don't. But, I like, didn't like that stuff as a kid. I liked Superman flying. I never thought about how he did it. He flew because he was Superman. Just because, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, that, that certain filmmaker, whose name I don't want to mention yet again, uh, you know, maybe should have read this book. I, honestly, just, I would like to... I would like I would like to actually just uh, com- send a formal complaint to Twitter for recommending me that tweet. Like, yeah, I, 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 you know, every day there's, there'll at least be a half a dozen notifications from Twitter saying, hey, maybe you'll be interested in this tweet. And I'm like, go away. If it's not someone that's actually notifying me about something, if it's not like a, an app or someone has replied to me, I don't want to see it. Stop pestering me. Do you get it as an actual notification? Yeah. That's why that's what that was. That's why I saw it. The only time I get those are for actual, like, News update tweets. Yeah, where me too. Like, no, this is this is news, so we're gonna let you know uh, in a notification. Like, that's like there it. was an earthquake in in California that I got a when I woke up this morning. I got a notification for via Twitter. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, that man does not understand Batman. So I will take Amongst that. many other say, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, that makes me mad. Uh, Slash film tweeted a thing where. Someone tried to take his words and twist them that 
he said that you know the certain cut wasn't happening because they have to give so much more. Like he didn't say it wasn't happening. He said it wasn't done. Like it wasn't just going to be released. And someone tried to use those words and go, "See, you were wrong." He's like, "How was I wrong? I exactly. I uh, said exactly." I, I, what uh, I think I saw this. Do. The guy tweeted a, yeah. you know, a year or two ago, whatever it was. Going, you know, it was earlier in the year. It was earlier right? this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. just just saying, you know, hey. Snyder Bros, just calm down. Look, the film, it, it's not ready. It's not there. You know, it's not ready without tens of millions of dollars to finish mm -hmm. it. It's not just going to be released like that. And and then, it, you know, one of them quote tweeted going, you know, tweets that age badly. It's like, did it though? It was accurate. It's literally taking tens of millions of dollars to finish and isn't ready. <laughs> HBO Max. It, it, was, it was extremely accurate. In fact, it was more accurate than any tweet movie has any right to be accurate. Yeah, it's not like... Uh... So the fact that these these people are are going to that and that's the view they want, like just I'm ready for it to be done, like it's. Do you know what I will say is, uh, you know, Pete, Pete had me concerned now, so I thought I'll I'll click on the uh, the hashtag Batman Day bit mm -hmm. on the side of Twitter. So no, see what shows up. No, I'm really happy. The first thing was a Tom Taylor tweet. Okay. The second was Matt Reeves. Okay. And the third was the good Snyder Scott. Uh, so. And, and then Jim Lee. So it, it didn't show up immediately at all. I'm, I'm having to scroll, but it's just not there. Yeah. Speaking of the Snyder confusion, I remember when they first showed footage at Comic-Con of BVS, and people kept quoting Zack Snyder as Scott Snyder, and I got very confused. Uh -huh. Because I'm just reading the tweets, and I'm like, wait, Scott Snyder's there? Like, and yeah, it was it was real, real bad. It was, you know, the, the race to be first. So they weren't double checking things, and and yeah, um, well that's good, Connor. That makes me happy. Like every time I think that I'm over my deep, deep, deep resent of Batman, Batman Day shows up and reminds me. Nope. Well, so. we can cure that today by talking about Batman a lot. So yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah I, I and I do want to thank Connor for pointing out to me because I would have forgot to get Justice League, um, because my shop. Uh, ever since I took it off my list, uh, my shop doesn't order as many, and so I did not get it physically. Ah. But, yeah, um, he, he tweeted saying you know, all his books were Batman-related, uh, including Catwoman, obviously. I was like, mm. hey, hey uh, Justice League's out. Hey, oh yeah. Hey, I mean, character that is Nightwing, so technically, I mean, I mean, it could have. No, fit. it's true. It's, it but I didn't know that at the time. I, yeah. you know, looked into it. I was just, hey, that's, that, that's there. So anyway, before we get to this, also, we do have some news. Uh, to look at first before we get to the books this week. Uh, so they actually teased like another thing this for January because we were expecting news from fandom last week and none of it really came. But one of the stories in Detective Comics uh, kind of set this up, but we'll sort of talk about it on its own here and then we'll we'll mention. Obviously, we'll get to the story in the story. But um, basically, we have a thing for January called DC Future State. And specifically, uh, uh, an issue called Generation Shattered. Oh, sorry, that, that was the one shot from that's before. The, that's yeah. The, yeah. In, uh... Uh, but that's Generation's Future State issue one, sorry, uh, which is coming in January. So they, they have remolded whatever Generations was into this new thing, mm -hmm. that's, which I, I, I mean, I, I didn't think we were going to get another Generations thing again, but clearly no, we are. No. Um, just to, to tie into this, um, you know, the very end of last week, we were looking for breaking news, and there was a uh, Jim Lee saying, "Oh, five G is not happening," mm -hmm. uh, which was obviously the, the headline. Um, what he actually said was a little bit more detailed than that. He talked that there's not going to be any 
you know, massive relaunch of all these books at once. They're not mm -hmm. planning that at all. He, he mentioned, you know, we'll be building up books one by one organically. Which makes me think maybe we're not just going to get a whole slate dropped in one month. There'll no, be like that's... one or two books here, one or two there as we go on. Yeah, that, probably, that, that sounds about right. I mean, I it's it's funny because I think we want the excitement of the slate, uh, but I mean I'd that's be the way they're going. With a couple of new books every month. I was waiting for Matt to say something. All right. No, no. <laughs> I thought my I thought my computer froze. That's why I stopped. <laughs> I, I thought one of you two froze or something because I, yeah. I, I said something and then and then no one just said anything. I was like, what what, what did I do wrong? Uh, well, everything's the answer to that question. Oh yeah, but, that's true. Uh, uh, but specifically, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, a couple of books a month, whatever, it's fine. Um, I think clearly though they're they're still resetting they're doing something with generations to at least establish some some continuity stuff so even if we're not doing the big launch of all these books they're definitely cleaning up the timeline a little bit with this it, it seems to be um because this is a two-month event it's january and february mm -hmm. uh, is what the is what the teaser says um i don't know who's involved in it writer wise i think we can maybe assume dan jurgens given that he wrote mm -hmm. the uh, the other bits hey He's one of the reliable workhorses, so why why not? Yeah, we had a few people on the one shot in December, if I recall, that were, you know, I think Venditti was in there, a few others. Yeah, well, that was one of the uh, things we said last week, is that we kind of expect a lot of the writers who are on some of the stories in those one shots are possibly going to end up writing those characters in their books. Yeah, I saw um on Twitter Ram V sharing this image, this the tweet with this teaser, and doing the, you know, the, the shifty eyes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wonder if maybe he's involved. I mean, he seems to be getting, I could see it. you know, a foot in the door at DC. You know, with between Justly Dark and now he's taking over Catwoman. Maybe mm -hmm. it's more like starting to become one of the regular writers, one of the staples. Uh, right. In their books. Yeah. I mean, we saw this happen with Tynan, right? Like, yeah, just a book here, a little bit there, and now yeah. Tynan's, you know, one of their top tier talents. I would say. Yeah, so uh, DC Future State, which is following on, obviously, it's not directly connected to Endless Winter, but I'm just saying it's following on in the sense that that's our mm -hmm. one-month thing in December, and then Future State is kind of our two-month thing in January, February, so uh, we do have some stuff to talk about. I assume you know, uh, next month's solicits then are going to be interesting uh, with what the actual book lineup for this is. Uh, is it just a few one-shots, kind of like the one-shots we're getting in December, uh, or is there books tying into it? We'll see, but we'll see that in solicits uh, next month. So that's DC Future State. Uh, next up, we did get uh, our first glimpse at the the Viking Justice League, which I wasn't even going to put this in the news, but I thought I'll just I'll, I'll bring it up. It looks Matt. so good, Matt. Um, I'm excited. No, I, I've seen it. Uh, also, talking Superman, he goes, "How come I haven't heard you talk about this?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh well, I, I Connor and me talked about it, so it might have been a, a side chat or whatever." We but... we just got excited between ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, what more can I ask for? Yeah, it's, it's on Viking the... Uh... Friends, like a proper proper Viking, you know, uh, Hippolyta, antlered swamp thing, and, and Black Adam with a full-on uh, Egyptian headdress. Yeah, so, like, it's... Uh, this image comes from kind of the, the, the reading list, the reading order for the, the Endless mm -hmm. Winter event, which is in... Uh, I love it's in the back of some of the books this it's week. It's in DC Connect is where yeah. this was taken from, I believe. Yeah, so it's just a list of the books that obviously were in this list last time. Just, I'll just reiterate here, just, since, just to, I think it's good to keep this in your heads, since we're building up to it. Uh, so the nine books are Justice League Endless Winter Issue 1, The Flash 767, Superman Endless Winter Special Issue 1, Aquaman 66, Justice League 58, 
Teen Titans Endless Winter Special Issue 1, Justice League Dark 29, Black Adam Endless Winter Special Issue 1, and Justice League Endless Winter Issue. Well, that's going to be Issue 2. That's got a typo. It's supposed to be Issue 2, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the official page from Correct has Issue 1 again at the end. Imagine if Issue 1 was Part 1 and 9, and you just <laughs> had to, you know, you got given the start and the end of the story and at the, at, the, at the beginning, and you just have to wait for all the other pieces. Yeah, sloppy work, DC. Sloppy work. But hey, yeah. so uh, I thought it was worth mentioning that if you want to go and find the image and have a look at these uh, Justice League Vikings. So next up, uh, we got some news about DC Universe, which we were expecting. Jim Lee had teased it. And it's kind of exactly what we said should happen and what a lot of people expected. I kind of didn't expect it, but only because I expected them not to do the obvious thing they should we, do. We had it narrowed down to two solutions for what they needed to do. I mean, two directions along the same path, really. Yeah, I, I guess I just expected them to make a mistake, and they actually haven't. So credit where credit is due. It's becoming exactly what we thought it might, which is just their version of Marvel Unlimited. It's switching to six months uh, until books get added rather than the, the, the 12 that it has been. It's called DC Universe Infinite. It's going to be available like this uh, from January or February, they said, and then worldwide it'll be available in summer uh, 2021. So... Uh, all good news, and it's going to be seven ninety nine, and there's going to be some of the digital firsts uh, going there. there are they going there straight away? I think they said. Uh, I think so, and it said it's going to have some exclusive content as well, like exclusive mm. digital firsts. So they're they're really treating cool. this like their own uh, like DC comic Netflix, uh, which I guess you could argue yeah. Marvel Limited already kind of was, but I think the fact that they're doing some exclusives for it maybe kind of mm -hmm. veers it towards it that model. A little bit of an advantage over Marvel's one, which I don't believe has any exclusive content. Uh, yeah, I don't think so, but that's yeah. good. Um, only questions I have on this are, it's it's a bit unclear right now if the subscription you have to DC Universe will just roll over and they'll just rebrand and it'll be the same right. site, or if it's a whole new thing, if that you know you'll cancel that mm. and then sign up to this. It's a bit it's a bit they'll, unclear on that. They'll probably just roll it over, I'm sure, because that's that's a good way to keep like. Yeah, I imagine what they'll probably do is they'll send everyone an email saying, "Hey, we're going to." Mm change to this service you're just going to carry over so if you want to cancel do it now if not right. you're you're in and, and i'm sure they'll work in you know since you've been a you know if you have a subscription for so long mm. i'm sure yeah. they'll work something I, in I as mean, incentive to keep going yeah i'm i'm quite because obviously I've, I've been a subscriber for a mm. while i just use a, a vpn to to get it it's, it's fine yeah. um but I'm, I'm looking forward to the international launch because it will give me a a price in my currency and will therefore my card will charge me less in in uh <laughs> yeah in, in fees. i i also like the idea i think pete brought this up that you never really have to get back issue sales on comiXology yeah if, if they're gonna have a lot of dc stuff then yeah if you go to, if you if, if you read entirely digitally and you don't buy physical books mm -hmm. once this launches properly uh, and arguably already there's really no reason to ever buy a back catalogue comic book ever again from DC. You can just right. have the service and just read it there. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, anyone who follows, you know, us doing, me and Pete doing previously in the multiverse, I read most of the, the comics from that on DC Universe, uh, as of right now, um, almost everything's there. This is actually going to have more comics. I don't know if this is just going to be from the six months catching up, or if they're going to start adding some Vertigo stuff or whatnot, but because um, right now it has around 23,000, uh, but it says it'll have more than 24,000 at launch. Mm. But I don't know if that'll just be, well, we're going to have to add on six months worth of comics at once, essentially, because mm -hmm. it'll be we're going from a year behind to six months. Uh, and that'll add up enough um, by then. Who knows? 
Yeah, well, I mean, they've been pretty good with, uh, if you, if you pay attention to comicsology adding back issues of, like, you know, because obviously there's so many issues of, like, detective and action and stuff like that. Uh, typically, when they add them to comicsology, when they've scanned them or remastered them or whatever, uh, they tend to go up in DC Universe around the same time, so. Uh, they do, and every week, uh, there's always a new on DC Universe tab where you can see what they've added new this week. Um, obviously, a lot of it is the books from a year ago. But there are always those, um, you know, those new ones. That you, the yeah, like from Detective Four Eight Five and things, just random numbers. Random like issues. That. Yeah. There. Just, just filling it out. But it, you know, it's it's getting more and more complete every week, um, as is true on Comicsology as well. In that sense. Yeah. So uh, one last little bit of news. Obviously, that was big stuff. But we have one last yeah. little tidbit, which I know uh, Connor's excited about, which is uh, what Bendis is maybe going to be moving on to after Superman. Now, we don't actually know what it is. Uh, but someone did ask him in a tweet, and I thought it was worth mentioning that he said that it was big enough that he wanted to clear, as he put it, his deck. So basically, him take, you know, going away from Superman books and Young Justice is a concentrated effort because he's taking on some mm-hmm. big new project, whether, you know, whether that's two or three books tied to one thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was worth mentioning. That, you know, it's something that is replacing yeah. it. Although he did say that it was months away. It wasn't like it was going to be starting up immediately after right away, Superman right. ends. Yeah. So. Huh. I, uh, I have one other little news story that I want to talk about. And oh, this is on. like a nothing thing, but it was the funniest news story of the week for me. Um, so you know how we talk about, you know, some websites do just terrible headlines for the sake of clicks. Yeah. Newsarama, calling you out here. Piece of shit headline. Uh, and uh, it was is is the new Batman character uh, clown hunter Damian Wayne in disguise? <laughs> and, and obviously it was like, come on, really? And and you know their their argument was well you know he's just given up being Robin and you know uh, the the cover from the last solicits with Batman staring down at him it looks like you know the the, the height's right. And I'm very glad Tynan just quote tweeted it and just went no he isn't. <laughs> and force Newsarama to update their own story. Yeah, I I love that because Tynan's also talked about how Clown Hunter kind of took on a uh, mind of its own in that yeah. Clown Hunter was supposed to be the next arc, but he decided to throw him in during the Joker War stuff. Um, yeah. So we're, that's yeah. why we're getting little bite-sized chunks of them. Do you know you what? Know? I, um, I, I despise the website that shall not be named. Yes. But at least they read Tynan's newsletter. because I, I know that because every so yeah. often there'll be an article someone will show me that, that's on there where it's hey, Tynan's newsletter just hit. Here's all the information we learned from it and it'll basically just be them copy and pasting in the, the, mm-hmm. the relevant Batman sections in case you're not subscribed to it. Uh, I mean... If, we would... if, maybe if one of your writers subscribed to comic writers' newsletters and read them, you wouldn't have yeah. had to write a, such a stupid article. Hmm. I mean, that's the that's the state of pop culture journalism at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh well, there we are. That's news. Uh, mm-hmm. So surprisingly, some interesting things there. Uh, yeah, uh, the the generations thing gets me the most because clearly there was a plan, and they're just going forward with whatever this was supposed to be. Uh, and we know that those Frank covers that came out. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the uh, generations, the generations one shots, which I believe we were originally expecting five of those, or was it yeah. four, and then five G would be just like, the new thing? Maybe I can't remember. But, um, but... It, it does explain why we thought, well, this doesn't feel like it's you know 
a complete image i was missing one on the end because if it was at least yep. four then well there's one more to come somewhere and, I, and i'm sure there will be but it, it's post death metal and i'm sure they kind of want to save that slap it on something in january i'm sure as a variant yeah. I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure it'll probably be another one shot that's relevant to what they're doing with the mm-hmm. generation stuff. So it wouldn't just be like it's not going to be on like Superman twenty seven or whatever. I think they were on the metal <laughs> tie-ins, right? And yeah, then, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's all it stuff. Might be on like a metal epilogue issue or something. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff related to the continuity being changed or rebuilt. Shifted. So yeah. right, and and this is pretty exciting because like we talk about how it was starting to feel a little stale. Like at this point where we've been used to the whole, you know, new 52 to rebirth and now what's next. So, you know, it's kind of exciting that we're getting this and then something as fun as endless winter and, and then something new following that. Right. So by the time it all catches up, um, but yeah, it's, I, I like all this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, plans changed, but uh, we'll see whatever comes out of it. Come. <laughs> Well, that was very Meltzer of you. <laughs> no plans change. I mean, plans uh, change. I mean, clearly. No, uh, I know, but just the way that you said it is how I read it in his voice on Reddit. Yeah, I wonder you know. like how much of the generation stuff they actually changed because obviously it's not leading to five G, but does that actually change much right. of what the story was oh. in the first place? I don't know. I, I, I do think so. it's yeah, I do think it's pretty cool that if we're going forward, that you know, Snyder's kind of in charge of of this rerouting of the multiverse if you will this this anti-crisis and that that one that story in the wonder woman special was written by him about her kind of being the first public hero uh and she's dead center on that first frank cover right yeah. which was notably so if, if, and notably that story was from before uh, everything changed right. yes right so just the whole idea of her being the first hero and it's not Superman or Batman and it reframes the DC universe into this different place. I, I like that. I like when you play with that a little bit. And if that's what it's going to be going forward, cool. If that's kind of what generations was going to set forward, you can still do that through death metal. Yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. And just some... It doesn't change that much. No, it doesn't. And there's some tangential evidence, at least that things are different to what the original plan was because, uh, the terrible site that I just referred to ran an article this past week about how uh, the the Jurgens generation story in Detective uh, this week was actually supposed originally written for one of the generations one shots and they just you know cut and pasted okay. it into here and Jurgens you know actively was like nope no this was written originally always for Detective you know this was oh. always you know written for this <laughs> wasn't repurposed I, I love it when even people if call he's... out websites. Well, even if he's just, <laughs> even if he's just trolling them, and that was right, and he's just like, nah, you guys are wrong. Um, I-, I love Jurgens for that even more. I want to hug him. Not now, of course. You know, when it's safe. Down the line, when it's safe. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, it's the guy that created Booster Gold, right? Like, I, I am forever indebted to to Jurgens. Anyways, so, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. Everything seems up in the air. I don't care what the plans were. I'm. I'm going forward what the plan is. So Yes, News at eleven. Uh comic yes. book writer Dan Jurgens. Comic news uh, sorry. Let me face my joke, damn it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> news at eleven. Dan Jurgens, acclaimed comic book writer, caught the virus today. Uh 
The suspect seems to have been a hugger, uh, some large man who was yelling about bears who's been dragged off by the police. Something about Vikings and bears. Matt, Matt why were you yelling about Gail Simone? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've not been paying enough attention to her Twitter because I did not get that joke. She's, she's a bear now. Oh, she's a bear. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's been a thing this past week. It's just a, it's yeah. just a happenstance, you know. But Gail Simone's Twitter changes so fast, though, that if you miss it for three days, then yeah, good she's... luck. Well, anyways, I was gonna make a, a hockey reference to piss off Pete. Now that's gone into the wind. So, you know, <laughs> we can do it anyway. Well, I was just gonna say it's it's a lot like I don't know what the plan was going for the Golden Knights, but I kind of feel what they're going to do, and I don't like any of it now. So, uh, DC's yeah. the opposite. Uh, if I was writing the headlines for the sports websites this week, the title would have been Nightfall. Okay, yeah. so. <laughs> um, you are a hack because that's exactly what they did. So clearly, they're, uh, they're put, paid them enough. Pay the pay your writers more, yes, damn it! They're doing yes, gold, yes, yes. gold work, golden work. Okay. All right, we should get into the books. Um, the actual list of books is not that big, but we are starting off with something that's essentially a six-issue trade in size. So, yeah. uh, kicking um, off the week with Detective Comics one thousand twenty-seven, which they are treating as a big special deal because, of course, Batman debuted in issue twenty-seven of Detective Comics. So this is the Detective Comics thousand issue anniversary well, of Batman. Isn't that a little bit weird? Because in, in theory, like ten twenty seven. Yeah, in, I, in theory, ten twenty six would have been ten twenty six would have been the thousandth issue with Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, oh. I was gonna, but no, you you are correct. I was going to say. I mean, it is kind of monumental to a thousand issues of it being a Batman book because what it was before. Yeah, this is this is the thousand and first. So this is you know going forward. Yeah, I mean technically you're right, but I guess it just doesn't look as good because the oh. actually seeing the number twenty seven means more visually than yeah, saying it, it, oh yeah, God. there's an ob- a more obvious link. And yeah. I, and I wanted to be cranky about it, but then it, it made it sense because you know I always want to compare it to how they treat Batman and how they treat Superman, and I was like, well, well, wait, Superman's always kind of been in action. Book. I mean, I'm saying anniversary. I don't know if they've specifically used that terminology. This was way more annoying on, when... On the front cover, Pete, the epic 1000 issue anniversary of The Dark Knight. Well, to finish my sentence, I was way more annoyed when they kept calling WrestleMania 25 the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. No, it's not. It's no, the 24th it's anniversary the 24th. of WrestleMania. Yes. <laughs> That's not how this works. And wasn't that WrestleMania? No, that was WrestleMania X5 was 15, right? Yes. Yeah, ugh. Terrible branding. Wait, sorry. Did they use X five? So they they did Roman numerals and regular numbers. No, no. Fifteen. Fifteen was. Uh, it was seventeen. That was X seven. Okay, That's is that terrible. what it was? What, what? What? Well, no. It's not what you're thinking, Carter. It wasn't X and then the number seven. It was X dash then the word red spelled out seven. That's yeah. worse. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, this this book. I just want to be up in front. I did not read two of the stories. Based off the art alone. Okay. Um, Interesting. So it wasn't as much for me to read this because once I saw. I will guess the two if I if I can. Yeah. Uh, can I guess Rosmo and John Romita Jr. as the two <laughs> yeah, artists uh, in question? Uh, yeah, I I also skipped those unsurprisingly. And it, and uh, it, I, and it kills oh. me because I like Tynan, right? Like I like him a lot. I like Kelly Sue. Um, and I like Kelly Sue, and so the fact that I skipped those. And then I started looking at the art. I could have read the Rosmo one. It wasn't as egregious as some of the other stuff we've seen. 
in these kind of, you know, uh, JRJR stuff I took way worse because it didn't look bad. It looked like JRJR, and it pisses me off that clearly put in work for 1027, not nearly enough work for his action run. So, like, come yeah, on, man. I, I, I didn't read those. Obviously, I didn't read the Tamasi or Bendis ones either. Um, basically, this was a six-issue trade, and I was like, I don't need to read all of that. I'll read, like, four issues first. Yeah, kind of slacking. Uh, no, I... Skimping. I, was, I was never going to read the Bendis one, and Tomasi, honestly, yeah. part of it was, I think all of Tomasi's, um, the, in these anniversary issues, the thousand mm-hmm. ones, have been underwhelming. They've always, you know, they've always just been kind of, eh, they're okay. Uh, and also, he's the regular writer on well, the Well, we'll, we'll see if I that. agree with you there. There's a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. been made here. Um, and so you just didn't read the two will... artist ones, right? Those two you mentioned, Matt? Yeah, I, re- I read the rest of them. Read so... the rest of them, okay. Cool. I just want to say that someone someone took the art from the Tomasi pages because they're basically one page per, you know, there's like a, a showcase of, of all the different Bat villains of Brad Walker's art. And I don't know who it was, yeah. but they went and they put them all as one single image. And it almost worked better for me than the actual story just to see the showcase. Well, um, I mean, that's the first story we're going to talk about here. Uh, yeah. Tomasi stories first it's called Blowback. Uh, with Brad Walker on art, as you mentioned. Uh, and this is actually, like, I mean, at least if it is, it's just, it doesn't feel like it's part of the ongoing story that he's doing in Detective. It feels like a completely standalone thing. Um, which is basically Batman in a tank with a, essentially a straitjacket kind of style uh, restraint on. And he's basically just trying to think of where he is, how he's going to get out. And it's it's basically the internal like, detective uh, brain yeah. working. And, and I will say, if Action Comics 1000 was just a celebration of Superman, we got Detective 1000 that was a celebration of Batman. Mm-hmm. This actually held true to the detective name, because all the stories I read had a detective thread. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that in here, for sure. Because so, uh, it's basically so him, I, go, it's him going through all the villains and basically being like, mm-hmm. right, well, you know, over the years, I've fought Joker with his, you know, over-the-top pranks. I've thought the Penguin right. with his gangster-style stuff, and yeah, it's a showcase of like, all the different like costumes and errors and all the rest of it. But it's basically him saying that he's built up such a good detective bank in his head because he's dealt with so many different types of, of villains, essentially. So yeah, it's an excuse to have all these splash pages of all yeah. these different villains. And, and, stuff. and so as an excuse to do those splash pages and see Brad Walker draw all the different ones, that was pretty cool. Um, I just, the ultimate resolution fell flat with me. It was some guy... It was, we've never, you know. It, it was better than uh, the excuse. I mean, for doing all these pages was better than normal. Mm-hmm. I, I felt. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. I just wish the resolution was better yeah. because, or you know, like you, you have some some Z level gangsters in Gotham that you could have pulled from, and I'm not familiar with this guy. That it ends up being that Batman eventually figures it out because he remembers a sneeze, right? And then the guy that uh, he ends up in the last page. You know, is having allergies or cold or whatever. And yeah, I, I, I do want to mention before we start talking about the ending properly is that in the page with Mister Freeze and Clayface, Clayface has big giant knives coming out of his clay yeah. fingers, which I thought was inspired. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. I also really like the Man Bat page. Um, Man Bat looks proper scary, which, well, which I, I think sometimes gets lost because I've been so used to Justice League Dark Man Bat. Yeah, and he's you know kind of a fun character, like a cartoony version. And you forget that 
Oh no, he's basically a werewolf, but a but a bat. Uh, and he's supposed to be scary. Yeah, I liked how they kind of themed some of the villains like, together in pairs because he was in the same page as Scarecrow, and it was the idea this is the two like doctors, the mm-hmm. two scientists who, right? You know, and then you know you had like Harley and Ivy were together, obviously. You know, it's, it's things like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wasn't really that super familiar with this guy at the end either, but I did kind of like the the whole idea is that it's just Batman figured it out. He you know he used his detective mm-hmm. work to to figure it out. Uh, so I wasn't too down in the ending. Um, but that was that was the first one. Yeah. I just wish it was like Maxi Zeus or something, mm. not just some nameless. Like, yeah, have a little bit more fun, Tomasi. You clearly have a well, deep, I, deep hole of Batman. Are you, you know? sure? Hold on, are you sure this isn't a character who's been pulled from somewhere before? I'm trying to think. Because I don't know him either. But I, I, does I'm, he have a name? I'm not going to assume. I don't think he ever has a name. Hmm. Oh, maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, because he's talking about how he's dead and balsam, something balsam. Yeah, I'm Caleb. No, well, time, time to celebrate. No, that's not a name. Ah, uh, shoot. It doesn't really matter. I'm just, I'm just putting yeah. it out there that maybe we just don't know him. That's kind of my point. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I thought I mean it wasn't my favorite of the, the book by any means, but I thought it was solid and it was a fun series of pages to to go through. Um, because it really yeah, felt. I mean, I mean, a lot of the stories in these anniversary issues do tend to try at least some of them try and do this kind of let's let's you know have a like a, a collage of all the years and see all of the rogues gallery and let's go through all the all the errors and try and like celebrate the eighty plus years of, of the Batman and all that stuff. Um. As the opening, as the one that did that, it was it was a fine, you know, perfectly enjoyable attempt at it. Uh, the second story was the Bendis one, and uh, I'm sure Cara would disagree, but I think he missed out, because I think this is actually a really good story. It's a good story, but I know Connor would hate it. He probably would. The, the amount of banter back between all of them... Oh, but this was good banter, though. This was... It was, but in a vacuum, Connor's going to see all the bubbles... And he's going to get upset. I have, you know, like, flicked through the pages. There's a a page with, like, a body and just so much just bubbles, boxes around it. And then then there's, like, a nine-panel grid after that with words. This is an an example of Bendis banter working really well. And I I, I honestly, like, I felt like I loved this Bat Family story so much that, like, you know, if if Bendis ends up in a Bat book after this, I'm not going to be that upset. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'll be I upset if he ends up on two bad books. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if there's like a Batman family book, you know, call it whatever. And I, I, I then if if he's on like Batman and Detective, no, then, no, no, then, I then I'll be upset. I yeah. think it's okay if it's just one book. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But but no. Um, it, also, I really enjoy the art in this one because it's Marquez. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, the I mean, I hadn't said what the art was because I've not got the credits page yet, but the. The premise of this one is that there's a dead body, like, uh, a corrupt policeman is just lying dead on the top of a, you know, it's a roof somewhere with a lot of building, you know, high rises around it. And one by one, more or less, the Bat family kind of like arrive there, not because they've all been intentionally went there, because they've all stumbled onto the body. So there's, you know, Robin first, then Nightwing, and then Batgirl shows up, then Spoiler and Red Robin, and... You know, and it was just actually fun seeing some of these characters interact because when was the last time we had Barbara and Stephanie like interact together? Yeah, it's been a while. I know, right? Yeah. But but yeah, I like that it is the core Bat family, and I like how they all kind of show up. Like 
So of course Damien's there first, uh, right? Because because it's Damien, and then Nightwing shows up, and you get all the interactions between them, and then Bab shows up, and it's just slow like reveal of everybody uh, is real fun. And then when Batman shows up. Uh, yeah, I love when Batman shows up. Everyone immediately starts assuming, "Wait, is this a test? Did Batman set this up? Yeah. This was this was like a Batman thing." <laughs> and Batman's yep. like, "No, it's not a test. Come on." <laughs> Look. Uh, and I, my favorite running joke from this is that I think it's Tim keeps saying it, he smells like Killer Croc, and like, no, that's just Gotham. No, I'm pretty sure it's Damien. It keeps. Uh, is it Damien? I think Shit. it's Damien. Yeah. Um, I know Connor complained about that page with the the dead body and all the all the boxes around it, but I loved that page. That because that it was basically Batman sent you know all of his kids are there and he's like okay let's do the detective work and one by one they each like sort of look for different clues. I I, I actually really loved this story. Yeah. I I thought this was it was good and maybe this is a sign that even though I've liked a lot of what Bendis has done in Superman, some of it's not been completely to my taste. And maybe it's just another example of Bendis is really good on more street level stuff when you give him characters like yeah. this dealing with a dead body and like the, yeah. the mystery of it well like one of my favorite issues of daredevil has like almost no superhero stuff in it it's matt starts going off the deep end and all of his friends so it's peter parker and danny ran and luke cage and there's one more they all come to visit him in his office and it's a lot of banter back and forth and it's about you know are you sure you're okay and it's when he ends up becoming the kingpin um it was really good. This is this reminded me of that a lot. So. Yeah, I, I think it's them basically solving the mystery, sort of realizing he's got this history and that he's, you know, because because essentially the mystery because it does turn out to be Killer Croc, uh, mm-hmm. but is that this woman who was his ex-wife is blackmailing him, or he was blackmailing her, sorry, and right, this woman sent they- her new boyfriend to deal with them. And Killer Croc didn't actually. Killer Croc's the boyfriend, which I should make clear. Killer Croc right. is the new boyfriend, <laughs> but Killer Croc doesn't kill him. But it turns out the the guy like had a heart attack when Killer Croc showed up. He's like, oh, Killer yep. Croc, oh, and croaked. Yes, uh, as you would. <laughs> but yeah. I think what I love about because obviously I love the pages with Killer Croc, but I think I love that the vast majority of the story is just them on that roof looking for clues mm-hmm. and like talking about you know what the what the case is. And well, and looking around and seeing that people are staring at them, right? Because it's an open space. Yeah, I, Joy, uh, I loved about it. I love the feeling of like they're all doing different things. So you have like you know, t- you know, Tim and Damien and stuff looking at clues and going into the building yeah. underneath. But I love that at the same time, more or less, Babs is like grappling up to like a balcony and saying, "Hey, did you guys see anything strange?" You know, to the, the crowd that yeah. are now kind of forming around their skylines. Also, so. I think it's in there. I didn't reread it. I read this early in the week. I think there's more shade at at Tim Drake because someone calls him, or maybe that's in Batman. That's in Batman. They call him Duck Boy. That's Harley in Batman. Yeah, that's Batman. Yeah, yeah. okay, never mind. I, there's too much Batman this week, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say there was more shade thrown, and if it was coming from Bendis, I was going to say that was uh, mm. an indication. Uh, but no, okay. But it ends with it. a great panel of them all in silhouette as Batman flies off after he, after he calls his family good detectives, and they're all just sort of standing there. Yeah. Uh, that was good. That was you good. Know, I, I feel that sometimes writers forget that Batman can be tender. Mm-hmm. That Bruce, you know, and so him leaving here with a smile about his family, like that's the Bruce I like. That's in. Oh, I, I, I've got Bruce more on Morrison. that from uh, unexpected writers later. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, Steph being included here also fills my heart with joy because you, yeah. you could easily have done this without Steph because you've you've got the four Robins, you've got Babs, 
So many people would leave it there, and they wouldn't go any further. But Steph being included, yeah, but if anything, Cass is the only one that now I'm upset it's not included. But yeah, I was gonna say that um, the only one that hasn't been a Robin was was Babs. You know? Oh, technically, and, yeah. I, mean, Cass, <laughs> I know that spoilers. That's not really, continuity anymore. Cass was never really a member of the Bat family, though. She was always like intentionally an outsider. Right. That's why she's so, orphan. Right, but right. you know, the, like the whole time, even when she was Batgirl, she was still like a bit of an outsider, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, it but, kind of make, makes sense to me. But she wore Hunter Bat, I don't know. I mean, especially recently with, like, you know, the te- Detective Comics run and what she's been recently in Outsiders. You know, well, I, and I kind of expected Duke to be there as much as I don't like him. Like, if you're throwing Red Hood in there, kind of... <laughs> I, I, I'd happily take out Red Hood and put in Duke. I'm, I'm not going to... Made no arguments. Uh, that's it. I get from yeah. the... Oh, this is pretty good. I get from the history perspective that Jason is more important to the overall mythology, but still. Uh... Yeah. But no, uh, so no, I really like this as well. This was kind of your Bat Family celebration uh, thing, and honestly, Bendis on a Bat Family book because I actually think Bendis might be perfect for a Stephanie Brown dialogue. I mean, obviously we've had snippets of it in Young Justice. I think uh, he's got the right wit for her. Uh, I would say so. Uh, yeah. As much as that would torment Connor, but no, I actually really love this uh, story. But one of the things I'll say about this book as a whole is, and I'm not really saying that I want all the specials to be 144 pages, but I will say one of the benefits that kind of came from it. Is that every story feel like it got enough pages to actually be a proper story? Yeah, I uh, no, I agree with that. I think the solution on other ones is, is to have you less. Still do an eighty-page yeah. thing, but have you know five writers instead of ten. No, I agree. Like the, the solution here is not to make everything one hundred and forty-four pages. It's just to have less stories in those eighty-page or one hundred-page books. But I will say that it, it kind of like gave them this chance to like, oh, every story is at least like twelve pages, give or take. I don't know. I didn't count, but. They all feel long enough to actually feel like they've got a beginning, middle, and end, and they're not just you know these little two or three page things where it's like, oh, that was cute, but wasn't really not not really much of a story. Yeah. Uh, so next up we have the story that goes through all the years, starts off with year one, month eleven, and then progresses mm-hmm. still. Yes, the... This is the fraction and Zdarsky one. Zdarsky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this art is so familiar. Why is this art so familiar? <laughs> it it looks like burn. And I was like, oh, I got to the end. I was like, oh, it's Zdarsky. No shit. I can see the comparison with Burn, actually. Yeah, they have like the clean lines. Bit. I think oh, Burn's and, a little bit cleaner, but yeah, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Some similarities. It's a bit cartoony. I do wonder but, yeah. how much research went into this. Because it goes through this, like year three, month four, and then it's like year four, month whatever. And because what if it's year four, month two, you actually see the classic the New Teen Titans in the panel. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, how much research do you think went into this for them to try and, like, Okay, we're going to try and accurately say what, 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 roughly what the, the, the period was each of these eras. Uh, knowing Fraction, probably quite a bit. Yeah, a lot. yeah. And there's references to stuff. Just... There's clearly like a Batman 89 movie reference at one point with the bat plane going towards the uh, the balloons, stuff like that. I just yeah. I just hope Fraction writes more TC now because we've gotten the Jimmy. We got this story, which I enjoyed. He seems to like playing with the the history of the characters i mean just look at that whole jimmy series i mean I, honestly i mean i like this as well because I, I mean i didn't know it was fraction till the end and i was kind of surprised because like oh i kind of mm, like me that. too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no um uh, so. but yeah uh hey, also do you what vibes I, of what i was gonna say do you know what it is maybe this is kind of sort of bend this because i liked fractions hawkeye a lot but i've not really liked these all stuff maybe it's like the like bend is where he's just for at least for me street level characters where it's not goofier stuff is There's something my thing. A, a little bit goofy and special about the entire thing building up to a joke of Batman yelling, give me my birthday present. 
For sure. Yeah, yeah I can see like that, that. That felt very on brand for Fraction and oh, the, the oh. comedy side. Some of the uh, individual panels are quite nice. So I, I really like there's, a, there's one panel, uh, I think it's in the year 11 sort of period, where Batman's in the sewers looking for Killer Croc. He's got like a flamethrower. And it just it reminds me of like something you'd seen like Aliens with Sigourney Weaver, but it's Batman yeah. going through a sewer with a flamethrower. It's just a, yeah. it's a visual. Also, we got the uh, year four, month seven, Batman fighting a Jokerized gorilla with do not feed the animals crossed out in the back says feed the animals jokerized panda bear like um, hey the panda works really well for jokerization because of the, the white it, it farm it does yeah yep. so i uh, uh, i liked, I liked the, all that i think it's just after that page where he pops up in the back of gordon's car and he's got a world's finest commissioner not, not world's best world's finest yes uh, i liked that little little touch i even noticed that the first time that's quite good oh yeah and uh but yeah, just all the stuff, and then it looks, you know, the year 19, month 5. Yeah, so I should, just... I should explain what the actual premise of this issue is, is that basically it's Batman's telling this the story in his narration about how basically ever since the Joker appeared and kind of fell in love with Batman, essentially, is that every month he would give him a birthday present, even though obviously he can have a birthday every month, and he never actually hit Batman's real birthday, <laughs> of course, because he's the Joker. Right. But every month and it would be you know it, it essentially the idea being that every time the joker pulled off some big stunt it was for batman's birthday so it's kind of like a weird uh, continuity thing but it's this fun idea where as the issue progresses it gets more tense because it changes from this is what the present was to every month there's this anticipation of oh god what's he I, going to do I, for the birthday i like that as well like it, there's the unpredictability because they talk about you know some months it was you know really bad other months it was a little drawing that he'd made saying best friends yeah it was nothing yeah mm-hmm. um and the whole idea of it is that it's all about batman in this constant state of like what's he going to do next the idea that the joker keeps doing worse and worse things so it's basically just a commentary on how the joker makes batman feel a bit you know with all of his big things and, and the idea mm-hmm. that it got to like you know the very last day of the month i think i think it was halloween actually yeah uh, of, of whichever year it was and nothing had happened yet and it was oh god we're due this month quick We've got to find yeah. it before something terrible happens. Yeah. So. I, I really like that. No, it was, it was, a, it was a good story. Um, it's called Many Happy Returns. So, there you go. Uh, next up, we got the Ruckus story, which is the story of a young woman who is applying and going through the testing and becoming a police officer in Gotham City. And so, it's funny, because I got into like a page or two of this, and I went, this has to be the Ruckus one, because <laughs> it didn't tell me till the end. Yeah. And but, it wasn't just the, the Rizzo art, it was the Oriso. Um, yeah, you, you just looked at it, and it, this feels more Gotham Central than Batman. Yeah, it, d- and that's yeah. it does. D- down to the fact that by the end of the story, like, some of the, the good cops who show up are, you know, Montoya and Crispus, you know? Yeah, Crispus Allen, and I just, it's very of the moment, especially here, um, mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder if this is, and I know how, how politically motivated Rucka gets, I mean, Lazarus, just I would, uh... all that. I would Slowly love to see him do a, a take on Gotham Central now. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. yeah, even just from this glimpse, the, the, the hints of him tackling things like police brutality. Because obviously, ever since Year One kind of came out, this idea of Gotham City being this corrupt cesspool, uh, yeah. where at every level is has been has been has been a facet to the, what Gotham City is. So I think him slipping parts of real world politics into the police corruption is so natural and fits so well and it's funny because like 
I feel like you look at Batman now and like more than ever you're like yeah like the reason why Batman year one sort of really like worked and why everyone sort of uses it as the foundation is because the idea of the city needing Batman because the the, the authorities themselves are corrupt them. yeah right that he would fight the corrupt cops as much as he would fight the Joker I always like that and I always like you know even under Commissioner Gordon he's only one guy right and by the time he gets a commissioner sure he can clean things up but he even has his own unit with the the major crimes unit uh, so the, it's still as as we saw in the Bendis story, Crab cops and Gotham go together. Um, but yeah, I know Rucka doing this now, but it was just I wonder how long ago he's had this idea. You know, if this is just something Rucka because he is politically minded. Yeah, uh, I I, I love capturing real world stuff. You know, I love the narration here. I, I thought as it got closer to the end, the idea that the character starts talking about how all the corrupt cops and the others who sort of give in to this temptation because she's immediately told to, oh, forget the protect and serve crap, you're here to make money, you're doing this, you're doing that. The idea that every single day she says no because, you know, she's 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 got a moral, she wants to actually be a good good mm-hmm. person, she wants to uh, help people, whatever, you know, all, all the good reasons why someone would want to do that, you know. And she says every time she says, every day that she doesn't give in to it, she's proof to everyone else that they're weakening the wrong. So that's why they're here. So mm-hmm. it was a really interesting, I thought, examination of the mentality of the others who get angrier and angrier at heart. Why not... they want to yeah. bring them down. You know, because yeah. they, they, the whole point is they, they keep using the word rookie as an insult. Yeah. Because she's still right. fresh and has the idealism and they, they hate that because yeah, they haven't is... got that anymore. If, if, yeah, because if she proves that she doesn't have to become like them, it's proof that they have essentially... They, they didn't they've been have wrong. to either. Yeah, they've been wrong the whole time right. by doing it. It's, it's, I'm going to drag you down into the muck so you're just as dirty as me. I mean, and she's at, like, at no. Or it's very hazing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the idea that, yeah. you know, they redo it to the next year oh. of people because they had it done to them. And it's like, well, you know, we had to suffer, so you do too. We got to, we got to stop. And, the, you know, I've listened to numerous shows with the state of the world being what it is. I've listened to plenty of shows about real world stuff and, it's out there and you know this stuff does happen like i can't speak to it exactly so the fact that he's putting it here in a batman book and you know batman's always so close to the real world it's kind of why it works it's the same with what he did with lois in the with the stuff with journalism right yeah first part of that book was this is resounding because it's so close to the real world and sure superman's in this book but the reason that lois is kind of the focus is you can touch on it more with her and, yeah. and here, I like that he created a new character, and it's a person of color, and it's yeah. a girl, you know, and it's it, a woman. It adds a bit of a... I mean, it would work with Mark who as if, if the person's a good person and wants to do the right thing, mm-hmm. it would work with whoever. But yeah, it adds an extra mm-hmm. bit of... Just when she sees, like, evidence being planted on, like, a black mm-hmm. person who they've shot, because they see them planting right. a gun on them, it's like, you know, it just adds an extra bit of, you know, that sting. Oh, Yeah. And it also it gave me shades of Far Sector, right? When we got uh, Joe's origin, mm. very similar to this, right? Where oh, for sure, yeah. It, you know, so the the fact that this is working its way no, into I, superhero comics, I, know, I I think it's great that this sort of thing's been tackled, and I. You know, and it, it, I love how because our story actually did remind me as I was going through it. Just like yeah, if you remember year one, like remember Gordon's story mm-hmm. in year one and his frustration yeah. of like being in the city, and that the Batman kind of became his only hope. I do love that at the end of this story, you know, when she thinks that you know she's she's basically screwed, so maybe she has to give in. That's when Montoya and Christmas Allen show up, and then immediately 
you have you know the cops basically are going to fight back and start shooting they're going all out corrupt and that's when the batarang comes in and it's this idea that she felt alone for so long but ultimately by the ending the the, the you know the heart of the story is is that you no know, gordon is there gordon's noticed that she's a good cop batman's there batman's noticed she's a good cop there are others there to help her she's not alone in the fight uh so, yeah. so, so I, there's this I really like that panel towards the end where it's just batman you know in in the shadows and you just see him you know coming out from behind a wall mm. talking to gordon and then gordon looking over and it almost looks like he's looking at, you know in our direction with the way it's framed but you just you know okay so you know batman said something to him he's looked over at her and then the next panel you know is is him you know talking to her and you know inviting her to the the, the major crabs unit yeah you can almost uh that, that when you say gardens almost looking at us you can almost see this as a more subtle way remember old comics used to do this sort of you know be good to each other you know superman right you know oh, like going. Right? Mm. it's almost that it's, it's gordon looking at us saying no be the good cop because there's other people out here who will have your back and will support you and will hold you know up to things up yeah. to the standard they should be held up to and uh so no it was a nice obviously the story's called ricky if that was <laughs> wasn't obvious uh but uh no this was wonderful uh yeah it's a great story mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's rucka coming back to gotham so yeah um, and that's, that's, I think this was the one where I got to the end of it. I think the Bendis one, I felt it as well, but this is one where I got to the end of it. I was like, I'm glad that got so many pages, because it, it wasn't quite a full 20-page issue, but it felt close enough to it. I, I actually felt that in the uh, in the last one as well, um, mm. in the sense that I, I can see this functioning in eight pages, but you have to you know, really cut down how many years you flash through, how many examples you show. I think having that time in that uh, previous story really kind of showed how much... You know, every month it wore him down, yeah. waiting for it. it yeah, the, the length of each of these, even though it's a really long book, actually did help with each story. So obviously mm-hmm. there's maybe a couple I would cut, because I don't like them, but the ones that are good <laughs> benefit greatly from those extra pages, I think. Uh, so that's the the, the Rucker story. Very, very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so next up, we have the, the one with the, uh, you know, the art. What do you call them? Rosmo. Rosmo, thank Rosmo. you. And I suppose we're just talking about, talk about Rizzo, so I was like... No, right. Rizzo. Not... Yeah, it's not it... him again. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of drives me nuts because that's like a dead man in there. Yeah, yeah. I saw that flicking through. Yeah, the story here is that Dead Man is working with Batman and Robin, Young Dick Grayson, uh, to take down some evil spirits, and Dead Man possesses Batman to help. And it's basically a story about how Batman has not been scared of ghosts since he was a kid, ever since he had a, a conversation with his mother uh, when he had a nightmare. And Dead Man's like, oh, that's cool. It's weird, but it's cool uh, that you're not scared of ghosts. And mm-hmm. it kind of ends with after they've dealt with the thing, Dead Man's kind of like, hey, you know, if you want a favor, I could, you know, your, your your parents' ghosts are probably out there. I could probably go and find them. And Batman declines and says, no, I, I you know, I know they're out there. I don't have to do that, but thank you anyway. Um, so, I mean, that's basically it. It's it's an all right little story for the most part. I I kind of hated the art though in every way possible. Batman's eyes were pissing me off. Uh, Just flicking through it, I hate Batman's eyes. I hate how elongated and stretched out Deadman is a lot of the times. Mm. And and Robin, look at he's lanky. <laughs> at least He's's... he at least he looks like the... people lanky. Deadman just looks unnatural. The, the I, know, page... I, know, I know he's a ghost, but that's not what yeah. dead, how Deadman is typically portrayed. The two-page uh. layout that's in the middle of it, when Batman's kicking like the the spirit dude in the face, uh, the art in that page is like basically eye-stabbingly bad to me. <laughs> I hate it. Mm. I hate the look in his face. I hate the way his legs are bent. I, I hate all of it. 
not for me. Uh, so I was pleasant. The last time we got a, a Rosmo story in a, an anthology book, I was surprised I actually kind of liked it because it, the art was a bit more subdued than it worked for the story it was telling. I think this one I wasn't as into. Uh, I think the story was bad though. It's de- it was definitely my least favorite of the ones so far though, I think. I would say comfortably. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, right, Matt? What's, what's up? You... Nothing. I'm just checking something. Someone mm. someone called me and I'm trying to figure out why. And they haven't have called enough. me back. And I'm trying not to have it go off. Ah, yes. You know? Nice. So I'm just checking. Very professional. Yep. Uh, yeah. So there's a pen up next by uh, Jose, Jose uh, Luis yeah. Garcia Lopez. There's uh, uh, not actually that many pin ups in this one. I thought no, it was. I thought it was odd. That, story. Yeah, I thought it was odd though that there is some, but they didn't start until this because this is already like you know almost halfway through the book or something like that. Or, yeah, almost. We're getting there. Uh, um. Yeah, coming up to it, I suppose. Yeah, it was quite far in to start the pinups when there is more, and, and they're not like after every story from here no. on out. I don't think there's just like another two or three maybe. It's a bit weird. So uh, next up, we have the Kelly Sue story, which unfortunately is the one with the John Romita Junior art. Yes, and I, I have better things to do in my life than willingly mm. read a Jeremy <laughs> Junior art. So, well, out I, of I respect for Kelly Sue, I suffered through it. There you go. Um, and so this is a really simple story. Bruce is on a golf course in the rain with this uh, bad guy, and the bad guy is trying to buy a building that Bruce owns, and Bruce doesn't want to give it up. Uh, and it intercuts with Batman as Batman taking on a bunch of thugs and. Uh, it, it's just kind of like his determination and work ethic and uh, all that stuff. Uh, the, the the twist of the story is though is that Bruce actually is wearing a wire for Gordon, and so so he's actually helping the police force as Bruce Wayne here to catch out this guy who's uh, actually fully corrupt and he has like he's paid off judges, he's paid off like whole like city council like departments and stuff like that. So they get all this on tape, and he comes in. Uh, Bruce does have a, a a little stylish moment. I'll call it the 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 extreme Happy Gilmore moment, where the guy tries to run and Bruce kind of just throws a golf club at him and uh, <laughs> trips great. him up, trips him up in the legs. But uh, uh, I will say that's the, probably the only thing in the art I like is the 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 panel of the spinning golf club, which he's, he's actually done sort of like oh, but it also has like a wheel coming at you because of the way it's sort of been drawn with all the mm-hmm. the permutations of the golf club spinning around. Um, obviously the art is pretty dire uh, i hate these faces it's still better than anything in action uh just by browsing it i mean it's not saying much but i i don't know if it's telling off. the story effectively but the fact that you pointed out that golf club panel yeah i mean true yes well it tends to be okay with motion it's just faces yeah. and uh yeah. everything else with detail i will never forgive him for caveman superman <laughs> during, uh, during I'll, I'll never forgive him for getting to uh you know chief moore and being like Wait, is this a Sandman character? Who is this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who is this character? Oh, it was a character I liked, and she's dead now, and now I don't... <laughs> I wasn't even sure it was her for the first, you know, three pages. All right, uh, next up. Uh, we have a story, uh, some treasure hunting going on here. We got, uh, uh, was it Patrick Wayne, Bruce's grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, was saving a lot of art during World War Two. And before World War II. Was it before World War II? Sorry. Yeah, they, they just they, they, they knew, obviously it was in yeah. the in the years coming up where they, they knew yeah. things were going to you know come down as like, all right. Let's get things to safety. You're right, you're right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, just before World War Two. But I just I remember saving from the Nazis, so I just I assume we're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plays in later. But uh, so they're actually off the coast of Scotland, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, when 
you know, we don't see a lot of it in this flashback. What actually happens, we see a crash, the helicopter comes in. And, but we cut to present day and Bruce is on a podcast. We have a team of podcasters uh, who are going to be web streaming yeah. the expedition I, to the, the I thought the boat. this was really weird. That a team of podcasters, <laughs> there's four of them, who are all grandchildren of famous Gotham detectives. <laughs> like, what? Like, one of as, them being that? Sure. As, but then, as, oh no, we, we made a super team. As silly as that is, I low-key love it because it's so Silver Age. Um, like if it, and, when it was just the first one, because Bruce yeah. is like, oh yeah, your your grandfather or whatever was you know a great detective yes. and almost made me want to become a detective. I was all about I was all about worried though uh, that after reading this, Matt was going to get some ideas and be like, hey, see for next week's episode, can we all go like scuba diving and like do do the podcast looking for treasure? I want to do some uh, exploration. I don't know if you guys would be the ones that would ask to go scuba diving, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> um, why not? So, so I, I looked up all of these characters and their, their relations. Yes. Uh, of, as, as you do. And as you do. So, so Roy Raymond Jr., he's actually been in uh, in the DC Universe before as Owlman, before Forever Evil. I don't know if you guys read Outsiders oh, right before. I did not, um, no. Rebirth. Yeah, there was a new Owlman that was very much like Night Owl from uh, from Watchmen. And and yeah, so that character's been you know his Roy Roy Raymond was his grandfather, and that plays out. And then you have uh, the Compass was Captain Compass, who was a nautical themed detective uh, in the pages That's of true. Detective Comics. Uh, of course, you have Bradley, who's Slam Bradley's granddaughter. And where's the last one? Saunders. Saunders, which of course is Speed Saunders, <clears throat> uh, who is also, which would mean they're related to Hot Girl, who is. Kendra Saunders, who was Speed's grandniece. So I don't know. Matt said hot girl so so quick there. I thought he said hot girl for a second. I mean, on on you know both are applicable. Show. <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh-huh. Right? Uh so this so, is the Marv Wolfman story, just to be clear with the Emmanuel. Uh, Lubacino, which Lucino, yeah. the the inks and the color, I would say, do not well, help Lupacino. I uh I liked the the washed out style of the colors. Yes. I just wish they weren't quite as flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're flat and and the inks are heavy. Like you look at some of the the art, it almost it, it really was like, reminding me of some Hill House stuff. I was gonna was say it, sure. it, it, it remind the inks remind me of stuff you get on like a a Murphy book. Like um, mm-hmm. like if you look at like yeah. the wake, especially on some of the faces as well. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will say I like some of the ideas in this story. It's one of my least favorite stories in the book, though. I I think that when it got towards the ending and there was like a double turn was happening underwater and they were saying, "Oh, this is what really happened. This didn't happen." I actually didn't think it was the the through line of thought didn't necessarily feel that smooth to me. So when it got to the end, uh, I was just kind of like, "Okay, I kind of get the gist of what happened because of all the dialogue afterwards." But it wasn't actually that clear. I don't think in the pages uh, initially. I loved how silly it was. Of course she did. Yeah, yeah, like this is this is right up my alley. Like if if they announced they were gonna do a follow up one shot to this, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. This this is the uh, the Batman movie that James Cameron will make if he ever does one. He'll be like, okay. yeah, yeah, we'll do expeditions. Yes, yes, we'll go, go deep sea diving. Sign me up. <laughs> but, uh, and it might help that there's very little Batman in this. Like he's there. Oh yeah. But- for you like know. two pages at most yeah and so well obviously th- this is one of these things where it's celebrated the reason why these are all you know grandchildren or whatever the detectives is to celebrate all the old detectives uh yeah. many of whom obviously were in detective comics right, at which one point was detective comics i, I just for... feel like at that point 
just do a story with those detectives. It's fine. Sorry. We, can, you know, we're an anthology one shot. You know, it it doesn't have to be yeah. the uh, grandchildren. What well, the legacy that, characters? You know, this was his idea for a story. He wanted to do a legacy thing with them yeah. all in the present day. I get it. That was his idea. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. So next up, we got the uh, the Silver Ghost uh, story, which is Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham. And of course, uh, Morrison is one who goes you know deep into the the old school stuff here. Um, this is basically the story of the the wannabe sort of PI vigilante who becomes Silver Ghost. And he, he spends time really thinking about, oh, there's, there's all these Slam Bradleys, I'm never going to stand out, what can I do? And he, he starts to think, oh, maybe I'll wear a mask, maybe I'll have a persona, or oh, a name with a colour in it, because they, those sound really catchy, and he's got like a layer, and he gets, and the art's really cool. And he's like, you know, if I don't do this, who else will? And he's going to his first big job as the, you know, as the Silver Ghost, and in you know, through the, the skylight, the, the Detective Comics 27 version of Batman with the purple gloves mm-hmm. comes in and beats the living crap out of everyone. And the Silver Ghost just hangs up his stuff. I, like... <laughs> I've not read Detective Comics 27 in years at this point. Uh-huh. Is this the first story? Is this the story in that? And and this yeah. is supposed to... Yeah, and this is just... Is it? You know, uh-huh. I, I, yeah. I, it was ringing enough bells that I'm like, this feels familiar. And, and also, it's Morrison's. I'm like, this feels like what Morrison yeah. would do. And it would be literally Batman's first appearance, his first night, uh, oh. just undercutting Silver Ghost. Yeah. I no, love it. I like this is it. called Detective 26 because there's yeah. other... He's the 26. But also, he's almost to Batman, right? You look at the, the idea board, and there's Sherlock Holmes and Zorro and what looks like a gaucho, uh, the wings from like the Da Vinci flying machine. Yeah, the name... And the utility belt, like... And... The name's a double meaning, because it's obviously, we think of Detective 27 as being the start of Batman, so it's got that kind of meta, you know, the one before Batman. But it's also, uh, the way it comes up in the stories when he's thinking about it, and he just he just sort of says, you know, you know, there's all these other detectives, what, what am I? I'm like, detective number 26. It was just like a, you know, he could have picked any number. Obviously it's 26, because, hey. <laughs> 27's the important one. Yeah. So... No, that's funny. I, honestly, this is one of these things where I saw Grant Morrison's there and I'm like, okay, right, this could go either way. And I actually thought it was a well-done little story with a nice, funny kind of twist to it, you know? It wasn't a surprising twist. Obviously, you expect you kind of expect it to build up to what it's building up to, but uh, it's, I, I, I did enjoy smile. it, though. I, I enjoyed just, you know, the, the comedy of it. Um, I thought it was really well told. I thought, you know, Burnham's art is, is really mm-hmm. well-suited for this, you know. <laughs> And the uh, the sequential timing of it is right up there. Yeah. Good lord, there were so many. Uh, I just pulled up the actual Detective Twenty Six on a mm-hmm. wiki. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight different stories in there. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, you know, obviously, I, was, I said earlier, I've been rereading yeah. Super Gods, and yeah. the the first part is about the creation of Superman and then Batman in mm-hmm. in that order. And it talks about how with Batman, like, you know, Superman was this, you know, lightning in a bottle kind of right. chance inspiration. Whereas Batman, you can feel the manufacturing. And, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't alone. He, he's just the one that happened to take off. But you can feel it in, in those preceding issues of Detective, just mm. them throwing everything at the wall, being like, you know, right. we've got to find the one that will stick. That something's in here. And I think that, that kind of shows. It's, I think in retrospect, it's really funny to look at it, though, because obviously in hindsight, it's like, 
like Batman is is so popular, is has been so successful, endured so much, been a, a staple character for eighty plus years that no, I mean they found it. They found the one that stuck. You you, you, can be, <laughs> you look at it and go, how can it have been anything but Batman? Yeah. Uh, so it's like almost like yeah, if you try enough, you will hit that that you know mm-hmm. billion dollar idea. Because let's face it, Batman was a billion dollar idea. They didn't know it for a long time, obviously, until they started making that amount of money. But I mean, Batman must have made billions of dollars by now. Yeah, but not uh, Bill Finger. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, that's the sad part. <laughs> yes, I, I I agree. Uh, so then the next story is the this was kind of a weird one. This is the Tom King one with Walter Simonson on the art. Um, I wasn't super hot in this one. How did you guys it feel? It feels like a prologue to the Batman Catwoman. Yeah, mm. that's what I felt. And it's very, it's very King. It's very cerebral and very. You know, him with Dr. Phosphorus and Phosphorus wanting, you know, to know, to let Batman know that he's the one that killed him eventually by giving him cancer. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, damn, King, you're dark, man. I mean, I like the idea of Phosphorus being like, yes, you'll know it was me that did it. It was Mm -hmm. me. You know, no one else could kill Batman, but technically I did it. I mean, it took a while to kick in, but Mm -hmm. I did it. I I appreciate the idea in that and the idea of Selena being with him. I will say, Simonson's art, uh, I'm not in love with here. Uh, I like it well enough. I don't think it's his best work, that's for sure. I really like the the, the pacing of it, uh, and mm. you know the the way he, you know the 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 speed at which he tells his his story. Um, uh, and I've, I've offended the, the I've offended final... I've offended Matt so much because I said Simon's art wasn't great here that he's he's just left the room. Yeah, the um the page where they jump off the bridge I think is absolutely phenomenal. Um... Uh, just the, the way it kind of. You know, you you you've got the wide shot, and then it gets in and falling down, and then the the splash. I love that page, and the 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 way that the different uh, panels are different thicknesses, uh, and you know even how high they extend changes. I think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean the sequence is fine. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the uh the line work and the faces. It's, it's got a. This is going to sound really insane, but it's got a little bit of that GRGR sort of. No, I, I actually know where, you, where you're coming from, and I think um, I think this is better. Am I wrong? Uh, I think it's just probably fair to say DRGR was was quite heavily influenced by Simonson. He's, he's around that you know time oh, sure. that, that it, it makes sense. I mean, no, I, I mean, I have no doubt that Simonson's past art is, uh, you know, there's a reason why he's, he's a name in the industry. But I, I just I wasn't like super into this. I was like, eh. yeah, yeah, like this isn't his his peak best work. Like you know, go look at any of his stuff. Like you know, his Thor work, for yeah, example. It's, run, it's yeah. special, right? Uh, it's up there with some of the, the best comic book art of all time. This is not that. Uh, but I, I think it's solid. Uh, even if his line work, and maybe it's not as strong as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, we're just starting the story, Matt, if you want to have, have any final no, thoughts. No, that, that was just <laughs> super, super dark and, you know, altruistic Bruce, you know. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have a Scott Snyder story, which... which- you could tell as soon as it got to like the Justice League double page spread, the because the, throw in you know cyborgs in there obviously, but take yeah. him out and you're basically like this feels like the the mind meeting scenes from mm-hmm. his Justice mm-hmm. League run, and I went ah oh, yeah, would yeah. you a Snyder story? So obviously this is out of uh, this is definitely a sort of a continuity kind of take. Uh, it sort of starts in the sort of the world that we recognize and goes really wild with its ideas. Uh, which is, you know, Gordon on a roof talking to Batman and talking about the importance of the signal and how, like, you know, just in case the sun doesn't come up, we'll make our own damn light. So that's what the bat signal's there for, to show that morning's coming. 
and then the morning doesn't come. The sun's literally just disappeared. Uh, it's a week until the Earth just freezes to death. <laughs> um, yeah. Didn't this happen in Justice League? That was the moon that disappeared. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. This seemed familiar. I suppose yeah. it's a similar enough concept. The sun disappears yeah. a, wee, a wee bigger deal, though. <laughs> oh, much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's basically, you know, Batman and the Justice League goes through all this stuff, you know, they, they fight, you know, Brainiac and the usual suspects, as he puts it. Um, they try all these different things. We see the super family with, like, a, you know, a shrunken sun in one of the bottles from, from Brainiac's ship and all the rest of it. And, like... Basically, they're forming a plan, and Gordon's like, you know, he's scared. And, you know, the, the one time he talks to Batman over the phone, he's scared because Batman's the least sure he's ever been. But he felt reassured, the most reassured he's ever felt when Batman came back. Because at the start of the story, it kind of sets up this idea. It, it, was, was it he calls the uh, the Bad Knights? Uh, Black Rooster. Black Rooster. Yeah. Which I'm, I was so, trying to figure out the thing for. Yeah. So Batman shows yeah. up at the end on the rooftop, like he always does. And Gordon says, is it just a Black Rooster? And he nodded, and he says, "Oh, I would never felt more, you know, more felt." And he never explains what the plan is so much. It's basically right. just—it's literally going to be the idea that they're going to make their own light. They're, they're, you know, they'll make their own morning. So it ends with them turning on the signal. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Arnis is gorgeous, by the way. Everything uh, with Gordon on the rooftops. Possibly Ivan Reese's best work. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I mean, the stuff that just looks good, but everything with Gordon and Batman on those rooftops with that bat signal behind them is just wait, wait. Best work since Green Lantern, or best work? No, best work. Period. Uh, I'll say I disagree. Uh, no, I like. Don't get me wrong. I love his Green Lantern yeah. stuff, and I don't think Reese has always been a solid artist, but rarely one of my favorites. But this issue, I thought, or, you know, this story, I thought he was spectacular. Uh, all the stuff on the the rooftop with the the, the shadows and stuff, the the soft lines, the with the the deep inks and the scratches. Uh, I love the his cityscape, and then you've got that that big you know double page spreads in the middle where everything is just larger than life. But you know, it didn't actually so... go as far as I thought it was going, because I, I was kind of, about half through the story, I realized kind of where it was going, and I thought, oh, Matt's going to hate this, because I was expected to end with literally a bat sun. I was expecting a bat sun in the yeah. sky. Had, had I done that, I would have thrown my <laughs> iPad across the room and would have required a new one. So, but no. But what, but what no, it actually it's... does is it leaves it kind of ambiguous as to what the actual solution is. It's just that Batman's found one. The Batman and Justice League have found one. Right. Uh, you know, and as they do, and it's the the, the more uh, you know representative turning on the signal at the end. So you know, uh, I actually relate the story. You know, and, and the Snyder's Batman work is very up and down for me, but uh, that's just all. It's he's he's more down on the anthology style ones because he gets out there like more than he ever does, even in his continuity stuff, where it's just like I got an idea, you know, mm. something that, that, that about what Batman represents, and he takes it to an extreme. And this is still fairly extreme. It's Batman building a machine to create a sun. I mean, it may, um, it may, it may actually, it may literally be the most extreme. But I think the reason why this one doesn't bother me, like a lot of the other ideas he has in his run, is because I don't think you're supposed to take it quite as literal as is a lot of his actual other stories. It's it's more representative of you know, the idea, the I, promise of the signal, and what it means to the city, it, and what it means I, to of hope. I agree, because as much as it is literally because Batman, you know, creating a machine to make a sun. The, the issue or the story doesn't feel about that. Like, are you sure there's a there's a quest to get no, that? No, because it's Gordon. It, it's, it's Gordon on the ground. Yeah, and I think that's and the key that's what part makes it of it. It's, it's Gordon's narration that anchors it all mm-hmm. through everything, where it's his perspective, his worry, his. Oh, it's fine. Batman came through in the end because Batman. But you know, 
that's not how Gordon sees it. It's, yeah, you know, it, it, it's Batman, you know, did it again. Yeah, Batman's there for him. Batman, when the chips are down and he thinks he's got no hope in the world, Batman's the, the one sort of lifeline he's got to keep him going, even after all these years. I, I, you know, that's the heart of the story. And uh, I think it works because you don't take it super literal. I mean, yes, in the story, technically, he's a, he's building a machine to recreate a son. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad I didn't focus on like, like oh, there's some blueprints. They just did it. And in this story, that's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually really like this one. So uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, pin up by Jim Jim Chung. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, and then another pin up. This is like two in a row. This, again, this was weird. The pacing of these pin ups was all over the place. Uh, this is the Lee Herman one, um, and the cl- very classic looking cowl there as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is very uh, early Batman because even look at look. If these guys broke into my house to help me from someone trying to murder me, <laughs> I'd be just as afraid. I, uh, Especially Robin. Robin yeah. looks like a peeping tom. <laughs> it's true. I like that, that a lot of these um, in this issue they're doing a bit more of a grizzled Batman. You know, okay. got some stubble. Yeah, we don't yeah. see that enough. Well, even the next story, the first page of the next story, he's got some stubble on uh, yeah. Batman. So I, I had not like remembered that. I just in, in general, it seemed to be a theme yeah. in, in this issue. So this is the Dan, uh, this is the Dan Jurgen story, Jurgen's. which I'm assuming that Matt was into at the start because this is called Generations Fracture. So even the, the name uh-huh. ties into things. But yeah. before the actual timey wimeys of generation stuff happens, yeah. this is a story of Batman taking on a gang which comprises of a Frankenstein's monster, a Dracula, a mummy, and a Wolfman. All costumes, it's like Monster Squad. They're, they're not like actual monsters. No, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. But I mean, this is the DC universe. These things all exist. Uh, you know, we could have had right, them, which but... which makes the fact that them breaking into a museum to steal stuff on Batman's watch, and they're not an actual vampire Frankenstein yeah. monster, yeah, but, I, I, I like a the, bad idea. I just love the because well, you know this is it's on Halloween. I uh-huh. love the idea that even Gotham's criminals are like, we'll dress up for Halloween. Yeah, but it's like each of their stuff. So like the guy that's Frankenstein, you know, he goes, those guys don't got an exoskeleton like me. It's like, well, clearly they thought all this through, and this was going to be their new gang of universal monsters, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I love that. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a fight. Then- but the big thing is, though, is that uh, Cal- Calendar Man's behind it. Uh, Batman takes him on. and it, it, the Phantom. Yeah. I love it. But it focuses yeah. on, uh, there's like a you know a patent in the wall that says, you know, gallery donated by Dr. Thomas and Martha Wayne in 1985, which is this is a, this is a sign that when, you know, reality splinters in a second and then batman you know the art changes and i actually really like the art when it changes by the way yeah. uh oh, all... it's it's really great and you can just yeah. see the costume change all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's really subtle he's got the purple gloves and then the painting in the wall you know with the plaque under it says you know 1915 instead so this is we're back and this is the era that obviously built up to when batman became a thing yeah. in the, right. the 30s i like whatever. how it's a, a gradual shift to that as well there's like an actual rewinding of time because mm-hmm. if you get yeah. if you look at the one where it shatters you have the Batman that we've been seeing through the story mm-hmm. so far, with the yellow oval, um, but then the the bottom one um, is just the you know the black on grey for the bat. Um, but he doesn't have the the crazy long ears, um, so it's clearly not quite there yet. Yeah, the the ears get shorter with each one. Yeah, you can sort of see it changing. Uh, yeah, and the kill and then changes. And big yeah. again when it's the yeah. Detective Twenty Seven Batman. Yeah, so then he comes out of the the building and there's a flash of light and Commandy with a gauntlet on which i'm assuming this is like a skeet it right has some, yeah something to do with booster because it talks about the old guy 
yeah, so something yeah. about an older booster in a suit. So yeah, I'm assuming it has to do with skeets. Yeah, Commander talks about the old guy. He calls him the wrong name, and then then the gauntlet yeah. corrects him. So I'm like, oh, is this is this like skeet in a new form? Like skeet's got this is the yeah. gauntlet now. Because it has the same colour, you know, it's gold. Uh, it is, yeah. And I, I don't know if we mentioned, obviously, the painting is now, it says 1915, but it was donated. Wait, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. He did. Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't remember. Um, so he's basically saying, yeah, t- something's wrong with time, you have to come with me, we're building a team, you know, really emphasises that, and takes Batman through a portal, and you know, we, you know, it just says continue, then generations, future state issue one. So... Uh, this is kind of neat that it builds up because I I got I was I obviously I noticed the title but I kind of forgotten about it a little bit because I was just sort of into the oh it's the monsters and Batman's fighting them it's kind of fun nothing special but then this happened and then I'm like wait time away oh, oh yeah it's a generations lead in oh we're doing you know continuity stuff um, yeah um, which we obviously we know from the generations one shot uh, what the team was because we knew it was this Batman we knew yeah, it was yeah. Commandy we knew it was Booster I think it had sinestro in a in a green lantern uniform a couple of others that we, we talked about in the solicits last week yeah yeah so really cool um i you know i i, I thought it was a really fun lead in it's not the best story in the book by any stretch but mm-hmm. it is maybe it's really exciting because of what it's setting up it's just but a I'm... reminder of oh we have exciting stuff still coming yeah so that was, yeah, that's well, a neat tease th- there's that and it's dan jargon's own timey-wimey stuff which mm-hmm. i'm here for so. yeah so it, it makes sense that Dan Jurgens is probably going to be one of the writers on some of these uh, mm-hmm. things coming up. So, yeah. no, really cool. Uh, I mean, the art in the first half was all right. I thought it was really good, though, once it changed for the, the classic mm-hmm. style. Yeah, there was some really good stuff in the first half as well, though. Um, honestly, yeah. my only problem where I, when I was reading this, a critique, is when he first sees uh, Calendar Man, and mm-hmm. he just says, you know, Julian Day, the Calendar Man. I'm like, I mean, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, it felt like... like it, it felt like they, they didn't know if people would know who Calendar Man was, yeah. so they wanted to put in both, and I get that. But even then, Julian Day is a great pun name for Calendar Man. Oh, so absolutely, yeah. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna beat him up too much for putting in both. I, I think I, I, I wouldn't mind both being in the issue, you know, mm-hmm. but I just feel like the way he kind of said it there was clumsy. No, yeah, it's very awkward. Yeah. Although, I, I would have loved the Harley Quinn TV show-esque, where he just is like, I don't have time for your BS, Calendar Man. I'm so glad it got renewed for a third season. Yes, it yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the final story in the book is the Mariko Tamaki story with Dan Mora on art, whose art's very nice. I like the colors especially, the, uh, the yeah, blinds. I, the star. Cam- Cameron Bombillon. Uh, this is the, the art team on Once and Future, uh, Dan Mora. And, yeah. Mm. And I, uh, right team. This, this push through, I definitely need to read Once and Future, mm. as if you're telling me Beowulf in the, the second yeah. version. Uh, yeah, yeah, the second half. Wasn't enough. What I will say, because this is set during Joker Wars, it mentions at the start, uh, what I will say is that it says the Aparo uh, Park District, which is fine. The only problem I have with that is that in the Bender story, they mentioned the Aparo building, so I thought it was kind of weird how both stories had that Aparo name thing. I, I, like, I like when they do that sometimes. However, Do you know what? I, I'm going to let it off, because near, near, near where I live, uh, well, I mean, I say there. It's on the on on the bus into the city. Mm-hmm. I have to go past a row of streets, uh-huh. and they all, there is they're, they're all Norman. I think it's Norman something. So you got Norman Street, Norman Mount, Norman Road, Norman Hill, okay. Norman Grange, like like twelve of them in a row like that. And I'm like, Joe, you know I I I I'm not bothered anymore when comics have the same reference I in just, different places in the same city anymore. That's fine, but you have a Paro Park in the Paro Building. You couldn't have changed that to something. They're probably near each other. 
anyone i don't know <laughs> anyone else i just i like it when they do that when it honors people you know like it could have been o'neill park or the o'neill building you know we just had a par in the other one yeah that's all yeah so yeah. Uh, so yeah so this is taking place during joker war and it kind of centers around uh, a young cop who ends up going to the the wayne tower lucius fox is there um mm-hmm. and basically by the end of the story there's obviously there's the, the 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 clown criminals you know joker's men or whoever who are there um but it actually ends up they they end up thinking that batman's behind whatever's been on there i will say i, I like tamaki's writing and i thought the, the narration was very good i don't know if this story necessarily came across really well to me in the sense of really like like it feels like it's here to more set up and it didn't of, have much to do and it was yeah. weird to me that you say that the uh tamasi one didn't really do anything with the ongoing stuff that by the end this one's you know it's the the black case book and so it's like you know, so that'll continue in Detective, and, you know, the rest mm-hmm. of this is the Joker War timeline. I think it's perfectly fine and readable for what it is. I think the art's fantastic and gorgeous. Oh, the art's gorgeous, yeah. Uh, yeah like, Dan Moore is, is fantastic, and, uh, you know, the, the, the colours, you know, the page with the fire, where all the, the greens, the yellows, the reds are popping, the just the, the pink glow of the city a lot of the times mm-hmm. through the window yeah, is yeah, just spectacular. The narration in the story is... is... Bruce talking about how the first thing he ever did that was kind of stealthy was when he was six, he snuck down and started opening his Christmas presents. And it was like the one rule that he broke uh, under his father. It's for his, birth- for his birthday. Yeah. Because you, you, you had to wait. But, you know, when you're six and you see a table stack of presents, mm. you don't have discipline, you know? So he's, he's talking about the discipline of a six-year-old. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was a little bit muddled and didn't really have too much of a story to it, and I don't necessarily blame Tamaki for that because if this is just setting up whatever's going on in Detective, because she's not, it's not, oh. she's not taking over Detective, right? I'm not, I'm not forgetting. Not that I know knowledge. of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just felt kind of tacked on. It, yeah. it felt like obligatory tie-in story, even though mm-hmm. I, I think, the, like I say, the narration's fine, uh, the art is fantastic, but it doesn't just, it just doesn't have much of a point beyond reminding us that these stories exist. Yeah, like, like Joker War is going on, and which you know, actually makes it the, coming up. It actually makes it the biggest disappointment of the book because I saw Tamaki and Dan Moore. I was like, oh yes, and the art is gorgeous, and her writing's good. But I, so I don't really blame her. I, I don't think it's like you know conceptually. I don't think she came up with a story. I think you know, maybe the narration was her idea to give it some sort of like you know through line, so it had something to sort of build the narrative out of. But uh, the actual events of the story, I don't, I don't think are all that exciting. It doesn't really you know standalone wise, it just doesn't feel like it's doing much. So. Uh, so it ends in a bit of a downer, mostly just because I'm disappointed because I thought, oh, I'll love the Tamaki one because I usually love everything she writes. But she got saddled with the mm-hmm. hey, tie into both of these things, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so hey, that was the the last story of the book though. So, um, obviously the the book as a whole will count towards things at the end, but I think it's probably worth saying what our favorite uh, story in the the issue is uh, at this point before we read it. So, yeah. Uh, if people have so favorites. so yeah so um i saw the toss up between the jurgen story just because of the time you know but also I, I can't not love the wolfman and Lupacino. that was written specifically for me so yeah i, I enjoyed I, it i know it's not the best but yeah i would have definitely it. not picked those <laughs> yeah, no. i think i think i'm gonna go with the fractions dasky one the uh you know the, the many happy returns i love the the pacing just the point the joke at the end the art uh Hitting all my beats. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the rookie one with rookie. I, th- I think uh, that had a lot to say. 
but special shout out to the Bendis one as well because I thought that was a lot of fun and really you know celebrated all the other uh, characters. But I was also pleasantly surprised with the Morrison one. No, honestly, like out of the what uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve stories, um, there was like, maybe three I wasn't super into. Uh, maybe four. So that's not bad going. Like. It was funny is if you take out all the ones that I don't like, you probably do have an 80-page uh, special at that point, which is funny to me. It could have been the perfect 80-page special where I loved every mm-hmm. story. Uh, but hey, no, I'll go with, I'll go with the rocket one. All right, Matt, what are you giving the book out of 10? Um, I'm going to give it a 7 because most of them were, were decent, and I didn't read two of them. That might have uh, knocked it down there. So, yeah. Connor? Yeah, I'm also going to give it a 7. Um, and also, I want to point out there's an actual. There's actually another pinup by Koi Pell at the back after the adverts for you know whatever's going on next. All right. That I didn't catch originally because I didn't you know click mm-hmm. through far enough to see it. Uh, it's wow. weird. Yeah. Weird place for that. I think you'd put it up towards the front, especially when the front <laughs> half had none. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm I'm a bit higher I think because even though there was a couple that I really didn't like because of the art or or whatever, and Tamaki one was disappointing, but. I think there's enough really good ones that I feel really positive overall, and a couple that I outright kind of loved. So I'm going to go with 8.5 on this one, which I think is fair uh, overall. It's not an average. I always make that clear. Whenever we're rating an anthology below this, it's not an average between all the stories. It's, it's more nuanced than that. Uh, sometimes the ones that make you feel happier, you know, outweigh the, the couple that don't make you feel so happy. But... No, that was good. I thought it was a special. It was a good celebration of the character. Obviously, it was huge. Uh, helps that the, the the week was quite quiet overall, though. Uh, make it easier to fit yeah, in. Yeah, so. that's you know, If this was, if I had one more book this week, I probably wouldn't have read all of these, and I didn't even read all of them. So, <laughs> if this was on know. like one of our typical like week four weeks, I think they have been recently. Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky if I read three of these. So there you go. That's the comics. One thousand twenty-seven. Though I know everyone's probably sick of talking about Batman, so let's talk about some Batman. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about some more Batman. Batman 99, James Tynion the Fourth, Jorge Jimenez on the art. And this is, uh, you know, building up to issue 99, or sorry, issue 100, sorry, it says issue 99. Yep. Uh, yeah. We have the Bat family assembled, uh, notably minus Damien. Uh, yep. which, uh, you know, apparently as was alluded to in... That's what happens when you keep a secret jail. That's all. Well, yes, one of the editors notes is that he quit being Robin recently. Uh, Joker's living the high life in his limo. Clown hunters throwing clowns off roofs. But, yeah. uh, which by the way, as I say, before I get to the main gist of the issue, that two-page spread uh, of, like, the city on fire with, like, the Joker, like, talking about what the city is... Oh, it's gorgeous. It's pretty, very pretty. It's a very pretty page. Uh, Punchline's freaking out because she couldn't kill Batman. Joker's like, it's fine! This is how it goes. Which, by the way, this is dark as shit. Joker's basically just walking through the building killing his henchmen as he goes. Yeah. Uh, Which, I do like this kind of shakes punchline in that maybe Joker's <laughs> not exactly what she thought, which is what Harley was trying to tell her. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, because he is chaos personified, right? Like, he, his plan is there is no plan um but, but yeah it, we get to the the bat family have assembled and my first thought on this page was oh god when is dick changing his outfit and luckily i, I thought for a second that they were going to yeah. do some shitty thing where he was just going to be in that and that it was just a 
a bait and switch on the cover, and I was like, don't you no. dare. No, no. Very quickly, very quickly, Bruce says, hey, you need to change your clothes, and there's no bullshit here. Dick just says, thanks, and Bruce is like, it's glad, good to have you back. And he's like, you too. I, I have uh, more on this outfit later. What, the first outfit? Yeah. Why, is it more, I don't know. I've had it now. Oh, is it in Red Hood? It is. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That's in the past. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think the issue I read for Red Hood was the last issue of Red Hood. So it was, you know, only a few weeks ago. Sure, but everything else is catching up to the fact that it's changed now. You know, I'm it sure. It is, and it was still a joke of what I had. Yeah. Issue. In a couple of months, you know, we should be back to all Nightwing all the time, baby. Uh, so, yeah, you got uh, Dick, Jason, Babs, Tim, Spoiler, Orphan, uh, Signal, and Harley, who's included in the Batman. I love mm-hmm. how ba- Batman's given this speech. He's like, oh, you're all here because I believe in you, blah, blah. And I'm like, Harley Quinn is there, right, Batman? You realize that Harley's in the group right now? Yeah. This, speech right. Given. this is what we're talking about. I think it was last issue where she's kind of becoming an honorary member of the Bat family, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely goes also, that path. Uh, until on, the back end of this. Well, yeah. On, yeah. on Tim... Quickly, yeah. Obviously, you guys were reading yeah. Young Justice. I mentioned this. Mm-hmm. I thought he went back to being Robin, not Red Robin. He, he did. No, he did. Yeah. Okay. So this is in a weird timeline place where he's Red Robin. It explicitly mm-hmm. says so. He's in that costume. I, well, I don't know if it's a timeline thing or if it's just that they've decided after that that Young Justice issue that they're yeah. still going to call him Red Robin because he's back and he's red and green and all that. It's right. because both this and the, the story and detective both called them Red Robin. Yeah, the detective one though, I just could could have taken a leave, you know. Sure, sure. Who knows? I could, you know, I could, I could explain that way as you know continuity. Who knows what's going on in that? Issue. You could. I, I think it's notable though that both of them, like, in the same day, did it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. This one here, it stood out to me because I thought it was just Robin, but and I was like, is this supposed to be before he became Drake? Yeah, he well, he he tasked them with taking the city back. Uh, presumably, some of this stuff will be in their own books uh, if they have their own books. Uh, it even mentions a, a story from Detective recently with Batwoman saving Lucius. There's a, there's a lot of edits, like. uh, one of which at least was wrong, because I think it was in this book that talked about uh, one of the editor's notes was for Batgirl 88. Yeah. And I'm like, that, well, that that's not a thing. It clearly meant Batman 88. I don't know, because we already had a Batman 88 reference earlier in, in the issue, so it already done that one. It was a second one. I, I feel like they copied and pasted it, but forgot to change mm-hmm. the issue number. So I don't actually know which issue of Batgirl it was referring to. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll fix it later, or you could look it up, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. not, not the end of the world as far as uh, mistakes go. Uh, but anyway, he gives them all these all these missions uh, to take back the city. Bab is going to get to the clock tower and sort of, you know, coordinate. Uh, Dick's going to lead the, the team on the ground, because he should be leading the team on the ground, damn it, because he's Dick freaking mm-hmm. racing. So, uh, that's all good. Uh, meanwhile, Catwoman is with Riddler and Penguin, and they're going to rob all the money from the, the bank that's the front for the underbroker. Uh, this is actually a tease for Catwoman 25, which, this was actually kind of nice, because obviously this is out this week, and I was going to read it anyway, and I read this first, so when it said Catwoman 25, I was like, oh, okay, that's Do you know what, I, I opened up Catwoman 25, uh-huh. and then saw Joker War tie, and I went, hmm, maybe I should read Batman first, just in case. Yeah, I think, I think it worked out better that way. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it sets up what they're doing, and I do love these two full-page spreads as which Batman... Are- basically covers yeah right they are, yeah. it's batman arriving at ace chemicals which is all covered in the green spray paint and everything else 
It's that, that page of him just landing with the, a cape. The, the shadow as well. Oh. The, the way that, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Do you know what it does? Like, everything building up to this, where it's like cutting around the Bat family members, it's cutting around what Catwoman's doing. It feels like all this stuff's going on around the city to try and win the fight. And then it goes to just these clean, empty pages of just Batman arriving. It makes it, it, makes it feel like a big showdown. It makes it feel like Batman's arriving for the third act. How rare is it in any comic to have two full-page splashes without any dialogue, any text at all, back to back. It's effective. It, it's, I, I think, I saw some, uh, I didn't read any reviews for this, but I, I did see a headline or two from some of the reviews saying that it was it was overstuffed and couldn't like do much. And all I could feel when I read this was that the pacing was flawless because it made it feel like there was a lot going on and then it just all grinded for this because, and I, intentionally, and I think it is effective, I think the feeling I got getting to these two pages after all the setting up of all the other characters was like, no, it all comes down to just this, this meeting I between could, Batman and Joker. I could understand the complaint of being overstuffed in the sense of a lot of it, it sets up for other books, but you don't actually see it here, and it feels like it's just, you know, fragments. I think I, think I, I understand that critique. A lot of the time, I can agree with that in comics, because comics can be guilty of that, because it wants to have all these tie-ins. Mm-hmm. I think here it works really well, though, because... You don't have to see what the other... And I don't plan on reading most of them, so <laughs> that works out nicely, but I don't think you have to actually see what the others are doing so much. You know, if you, again, if you think about it in the terms of a movie, uh, think about, like, okay, all the all the, all the side characters all have to go off and do their parts of the mission. And maybe you'll see glimpses of it a little bit, but it all mm-hmm. comes down to what the main character's doing and what they're, you know... No, I, I mean, I, I actually tend to, on this particular instance, agree with you that this issue is rather very good. I'm just, I, I think that's where their complaint is coming from. And I can at least understand why people might feel that, even though I disagree with it. I, I think, I guess what I'm accusing them of is that they're jumping to the default comic book complaint, but ignoring the fact that it actually kind of works in this context. Which yeah. maybe they disagree with, but that's no, kind of it, my gut reaction. There's a lot going on and you feel overwhelmed, but that is how you should feel. Mm. Until yeah. Bruce goes off on his own just, and then I, it gets... I don't you know, love the, the balls of doing two full pages like that back yeah. to back. It's so, so rare. Because, you, you know, I saw one, I was like, you know, I thought, oh, that's a gorgeous page. You know, stop for a minute just to take it in. Mm-hmm. And then I turn the page thinking, okay, back to normal now. And then I, it surprises me. And even another big page. And even the fact that the first panel on the page after the two of those full page spreads is the gunshot, uh, you know, behind his foot or under his foot from Harley mm-hmm. to sort of break the silence. Like it literally breaks the silence with a gunshot. Yeah. You know, you can imagine, like, the silence in a movie is someone arrives in a scene and then having the gunshot kind of, like, snap everything back into action. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like, like in the pacing. like a jump scare. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a jump scare, also, you're right. Also, Connor, I can't find that editor's note about Batman it, 88. Maybe it was in Catwoman. Um, then. Maybe it's in Catwoman. It, it, it might have I been in Catwoman. Yeah. Because it's, I tried to look for it through here and I couldn't find one. So. Yeah. There was one somewhere. Maybe it's in Catwoman. It's yeah. in, it's in yeah. one of the books. Because in here, it's about Nightwing uh, and... The two here, there's more for Catwoman, there's one about Nightwing, and then there's one for Detective. Yeah, okay, so, it, it may have been in Catwoman yeah. then, uh, but I definitely remember reading it. Books are all blurring okay. together, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but Harley's basically, you know, here to say, look, I'm going to kill the Joker. And I thought that maybe you'd be willing to do it. You'd finally have snapped out of it when you woke up from that toxin. But this has to end. Like, he's just going to keep doing more stuff. And I think... Obviously, the debate of, you know, should Batman just kill Joker to stop him hurting other people is something that comes up again and again. I think there's a really interesting thing here where you use Harley to actually argue for it. I think it makes it a mm-hmm. bit more interesting in this case, where she basically says, look, I won't kill him, like, outright, 
But if he takes you out, or if he's about to take you out, I'm taking the shot, and I don't give a damn about right. your code in that situation. Um, and it's the really, story needs to change. Can, can I just say, yeah, Harley Quinn is a better Red Hood than Red Hood. Yeah, I'll I'll well, get on board with that. Because, but because you know her clear motivation, right? At this point, right, is she's she's done dealing with the Joker. Uh, she it took too much of her life away. And, you know, she's willing to have the final word. I just, I, I Whereas, like, she, she's kind of playing like a similar side of role, though, isn't she? Where she's, she's willing to do the lethal shit and, right, and but, act, actively advocate for it. But it's coming, it's, 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 it's coming from a person who did love him and did kind of fall into the, the you know, the, mm-hmm. the trap of who he is. So I think it has actually more weight coming from her because she understands him better than Jason ever has or probably ever will. Right, and, and that, that was going to be my point is, She's closer than Jason. Also, Jason has the tie to Bruce that it, he ends up coming off like a, a, a whiny baby about killing people. Like, oh, just let me do it, Bruce. Yeah. And with her, it's like, no, this I'm I'm the only one that's seeing things clearly. Yeah, that's because this, um, this never comes across from Harley here that she just wants to start killing people left and right. This is no right. the Joker specifically. This has to end. And, and when she, when she makes this argument we've seen before. Yeah, right? it, but when she makes this argument here and she makes this little speech about, you know, if if he puts you down, then I'm putting him down. Like, I, I'm going to kill him. I don't care what you believe. It needs an ending. When she says that, he has nothing to say. He just turns around and walks in. He, he doesn't knows. He doesn't have an answer for her because he, he knows that deep down, ultimately, if he does go, go put down, like, he's, he's the last best defense they've got for the Joker, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he goes it's, down... It's kind of a, you know... An acknowledgement that if he fails here and he dies, then his code doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there are more more important things at that point. And Harley, you know, fine, do you know, take the shot at that point. He's never going to say it. He's never going to say yes. No. I approve of you taking the shot if I go down. But him not saying anything here is him approving of it. Yeah. The the lack of a denial. The lack well, of you know shutting it down. I'll say accepting of it, not approving. There's a difference. Uh, but no, wonderful. Uh, and of course it ends, Joker's dug up Alfred's body and, you know, because obviously we've seen him have these Joker eye zombies that he's had yeah. recently. I still hate the zombie thing. Mm. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it fits. It feels like a little too much. That's my main, my main problem with the Joker War stuff is you have enough chaos going on with all of the, uh, with all the clowns and people just going nuts. Like the zombies are always a step too far and I could accept it when you could think, oh, he's under the influence of some punchline toxin. You know, but to have these back up like they yeah, because I, the... I, I, I think the point here is that Batman's trying to convince himself this isn't real. But I think the point is, is that it actually is. Right. It is, it is the dead body right. of Alfred that's been animated by Joker right. shit. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Joker's costume that he's put on here well, for this movie? Yeah, it's the the bat suit that Alfred built right. for Bruce from it's the. Oh yeah, but I mean, right. he's put like Which... a smile on it. He's put ha 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 over it. You know, he's he's embellished. Like, he's he's like Gotham. He's perverted Batman's sense of what he's, he's yeah. literally is. stolen Batman's dream ideal for the future and, and ruined right. it. Yeah, and that's right. Joker in a nutshell, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic issue. And I mean, I kind of agree with the zombie thing, but it's such a small part of this one that it doesn't really affect my enjoyment yeah, of it too just, much. It's one of those things where if it was just by itself and that's what he was using to motivate, like, that's what he was using to cause chaos and not the money and mm. whatnot. Then sure, but it's just it's a hat on a hat. It's mm. a little bit too much. I I didn't need Alfred here after we had just done the. I think just having you know, him in the the costume that Alfred made for him would have been. Yeah, enough. yeah. 
Right. I'll be interested to see what they do with it in the next issue. Because I assume the next issue is oversized because it's issue 100. I'll be yeah. shocked if it's not. Yeah. I assume it's like a 50-pager. I mean, we could probably just check solicits. We could, yeah. You could check. Is that still, is that still this month? Yeah. Uh, no. No. In October. No. Yeah, I'll be the October. first one in October. Um, but... I'll be curious to see what they do with like the sort of this confrontation of ha- having him have to sort of confront Alfred Nobby because it's like because it's, this arc has done a really good job like all that stuff in his head with Alfred a couple issues ago or last issue yeah. uh, was actually really well handled so I'm actually trusting Tynan to do something uh, good with it. Um, but it I thought is that's... A, it's a six ninety nine fifty six page book. Oof, there okay. you go. Uh, but this feels like it's, it's fitting of a big finale and I've enjoyed the arc so much that I'm kind of into the idea of a big finale mm-hmm. for it. So. Uh, but no, I I love the I love the stuff with Elliot on the Joker and that. But, but honestly, it was the Bat Family. It was the setting up the Catwoman stuff because uh, I love that her thing is the heist to get the money back. Like that's what her she's going to go after. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a minute when we talk about Catwoman. But yeah. uh, no, I digging that a lot. So um, and the art was gorgeous, especially those two pages. Those, I mean, even that two page uh, layout with Elliot on with the Joker, like the city and I, chaos page was great. I just want to give mm-hmm. some, a, a shout out to the lettering as well on the very first page. Mm. Um, you know, Joker's there, and he's got you know the 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 typical Joker thing we've had in this book for a while with the slightly you know uh, slanted lettering with the, the slightly you know wiggly bubble. Um, but it's that bit where he gets up to his limo and he's like, you know, it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. I love it, and the I love it is completely different. You know, there's little hearts, the the color of the the loves mm. change, so bold and big. Um, do you know what I heard it as almost? I heard it almost as a. Um, Ian McGregor's Black Mask uh, in mm-hmm. in the Birds of Prey movie with him being that that campy gleefulness is the mm-hmm. way that lettering came across. And I thought it was a really nice touch. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I've dug this art uh, arc a lot. Uh, I dug the art a lot as well, but that's what I might say though. <laughs> um, so, uh, Matt, what are you uh, giving Batman 99? Um, I'm going to give this an 8.5. 99! Uh, <laughs> Carter? Yeah, 8.5 for me as well. I've tempted to give it an 8.9 just so I can shoot 99 again. But no, uh, I, I'm going to go with a straight 9. I really dug this. I, I think Tiny's really finding yeah. a groove with these Batman stuff. Um, it's not without faults, but what, the overall gist of what he's hitting, it's, it's all like his detective run where it's not perfect, but like the, the core ideas of everything he's doing. You can, you can feel the um, the fact that he's a Snyder student from the, the Snyder school of thought, not in the exposition or anything like that, but just yeah. in the idea that he always wants to make every issue feel big and special and over the top. There's always maybe one idea too many because he just yeah. he can't help himself. He's That's got fair. he's got to be big. I think yeah. in the long run he's proven, he's proven himself to be more in my taste than Snyder himself. I think just because I feel like Tining so far looking at his detective run, which I thought was good through to the end, and never felt like it betrayed what I liked about it. Whereas Snyder's Batman kind of kept going bigger and bigger and whereas yeah, I mean so yeah there you go that's Batman. I made a, an audible swap here just because it felt more natural to do Catwoman yeah. issue 25 uh, next because you know, it obviously spins out directly from the Joker War stuff. So uh, Ram V writing, Fernando Blanco, Jean Paul Leon, and Jean Faria on the art, which is a hell of a list of artists, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what uh, how many goats Ram V decided to oh. take out uh, and sacrifice to some dark god to. Yeah. Uh, Judging by his beard, many. <laughs> right. and, and was that an Alan, it, was that an Alan Moore joke? <laughs> and I I feel like he is channeling some Alan Moore and Alan Moore energy. He's, okay. he's definitely got that vibe. You got the big Alan Moore um, beard, your wizard. That's just he's, he's on his way to it. Okay. And, and the artist on Justice League Dark, 
I mean, he gets Paquette doing the covers, and uh, yeah, the, the other guy in the whole pen. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, you've got these guards sort of in her head sequences with her like facing off with a tiger. It's all sort of orange and glowing, and uh, that stuff's gorgeous. Those they stand out and they're just spectacular. Yeah. But the regular art's actually really good. It's, you know, it's, it's the heist itself in Joker War. It's it's uh, Catwoman mm-hmm. breaking into this bank. You got Riddler on the computers, and you've got Penguin kind of running interference outside to stop any clowns from getting to them. And it, that, no, that's it. It was uh, this issue with the you know the 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 because it tells us that that's when Penguin got his throat slit. Ah, there you go. Right. Uh, so so Catwoman's and this is the thing you're expecting because obviously. Catwoman's a good enough character at this point. We're expecting her not to actually give all the money to the villains. We're expecting her to give it back to Wayne <laughs> because that's what's right. Wait. Uh, so you're expecting for that turn to happen as you've got them bickering and stuff. I will say, uh, you know, Penguin with the rocket launcher did give me a chuckle. Uh, <laughs> so just for the fun yeah. up until that point. But she makes the turn. She makes the, tw- the twist, as it were. And they're like, what are you doing? Oh, you sly minx, you're betrayed us. And gorgeous two-page layout of uh, Catwoman uh, breaking out of the place. And I love the flow of this. You can just follow her around and then mm-hmm. down and then back across. And it, it, you never feel confused about where your eyes should be nope. you know, followed. Yeah, they, they all lead you really naturally. And the Penguin kind of predicted uh, that she might double-cross them and tries to corner an ally. It shoots her in the gut and it's going to take her. And the only thing that really connects this to the previous run, uh, and I think we actually did read enough to get introduced to this character, this detective, uh, was it Hadley? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think I did. Maybe you two did. <laughs> Madge no, is yawning as loud as possible. I'm sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging it, because it's better to acknowledge it for everyone that we're... No, you know, okay. I know. That's so, an unprofessional um, bastard. What do you want? Yeah. Uh, so Catwoman, you know, he he swoops in and saves her. She, she wakes up on his his couch wherever he's staying in Gotham, uh, and you know maybe he does keep popping up in the run, but it's kind of this thing where he, she thanks him and I'm, Batman's out I'm of the okay scene. Okay with this, even as even though I've not read anything with him, and it, it felt a bit abrupt for me, kind of mm. just coming in with, oh, who's this guy? Um, something you know, I've I've been a, a big supporter of is, is having supporting cast. Oh yeah, sure, they, for sure. They carry across runs, not just you which, know, oh, you know, one one writer will use them and then they're forgotten. And, yeah, the next one will make someone new. Which is something that I'm actually excited for in one of the stories in this, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so she goes and sees uh, Luke Fox and sort of gives him all the money and with some additional money, saying, "Hey, this is from the the criminals of the Gotham, so you can distribute this amongst some people who uh, need it." Yeah, basically. And I would not be surprised if this leads into how he has money for. His upcoming tenure as a Batman. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe he's uh, like, yeah. oh, I, I will spend this on my bat suit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind yeah, of that wouldn't just. surprise me. And it is here, it's a see Batgirl 88 for where Luke goes after this. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, think... I was like, I don't know, what, what is that 48? It could be any issue with Batgirl, though. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I just read that as Batman 88, even though that makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> or maybe I read it as 48, because I know it's ended at 50. Maybe that's what I, I assumed it was. But, uh, and Batgirl makes a bow in her dream. Because the stuff with her with the tigers kind of, it's sort of Cat- playing off. What did I say? You said Batgirl. I said Batgirl. That's because we're talking about Batgirl. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's sort of playing off whatever sort of struggle she's in. So it sort of represents it as a dance. She, she tamed the beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, the really, I thought that was enjoyable and a nice tie into the doing what's going on in Joker War. For me, the second story, which is clearly setting up what Ram V is going to be doing in his run, I thought was very good and has me very yeah. excited. And I, I mean, I love the Jean Paul Leon art. I, I've always liked uh, the art from from I mean, him. His stuff's always 
gorgeous. Yeah, it's basically her going back to what's the alley called? Uh, or alley the, Town. Alley Town. That's it. Uh, where she yeah. grew up and was you know was a bit of a punk. She was pickpocketing and stuff like that. And she runs into these three kids who try to steal everything from her in a series of little you know daring moves. And obviously the joke is is that the the two who try to pickpocket her realize that they have been pickpocketed afterwards. And the one who tries to hold her at gunpoint uh, obviously is you know his gun is taken away from him. He's left upside down. Mm-hmm. And when they go back to their hideout, it's this abandoned building. It used to be where she grew up, where like the, the boss who was in charge of all the punks back in her day. And she's bought the building. So this is setting up her new base of operations. And she's like, look, basically she's going to take them all in and kind of be their mentor. And she's the new boss in town. Um, and presumably is going to, you know, maybe give them a moral code and not just have them this is her team of robins She's it's a cat mm-hmm. essentially because yeah. she kind of points out that the, the kid with the gun is like like the, the punks you know most of the words she used the grunts need guns because they don't goons. have anything else goons, goons that was it goons. are you gunner or are you a grifter grifter yeah uh, and grifters are smarter grifters aren't just you know thugs right. and that's you know alley town needs their their basically their mother figure like she had you yeah know, that taught her yeah so uh, but no, I, I like that, and it's especially coming off of a a week where I got blocked by a guy on Twitter for correcting him what a hockey goon is. Um, seeing this pop up, I was just like, "See, Catwoman gets it." It's funny. <laughs> Goons don't have honor. That's it. That that's the dick, you know. So so yeah. That's that's. Um, the, oh, but I, that's a good setup for for the new story direction. Because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like a true starting point. And when I was like, oh, you know what? I was kind of intrigued by the... the I liked the writing in the first story, but this was the story that made me go, no, I will read the next one now. I want to read yeah, more it, of this it, now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm going to compare this to in some some ways? This is uh, the first issue of Action Comics uh, PAX one, which I also think was actually issue 25, if I recall, um, where the first issue was this uh, tie-in to Zero Year, which, which yeah. is like, it was it was completely unrelated to what the main book was going to be, but uh-huh. it was like, oh, that was a damn good issue. I'm really interested. And I kind of feel that here where, where I'm like, okay, this is actually just, uh, you know, uh, you know, this one feels like it, it might actually be setting up what's going on. But the, the main story is this Joker War tie-in. Yeah, but and I like I like the voice. The beauty of this, though, is that we actually have two other stories in this, which are both setting up the run. So it's actually like we almost got 26 along with it to get the, the yeah, taste of what I the know. run actually is going to be. So... Uh, I like the idea of her having this supporting cast and her sort of like having this sort of ragtag group of misfits who she's going to presumably give a, you know a sense of you know yeah honor I'm, to and I believe uh, Blanco is staying on as the regular artist, which yeah. is actually really interesting to have this continuity artist between the runs because obviously he did a lot of the stuff yeah. in Joel Jones's run. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Stick uh, on there. The final page yeah. of this one is this gorgeous page of uh, Catwoman looking out the window with uh, mm-hmm. the you know the the, the doves flying in looking down on alley town yeah uh so as much as i like that one though the, the final story in this issue is i knew it the... this is the like if i'm a self-parody <laughs> on certain things i knew pete was gonna love this story you know what? as someone who hates cats yes i uh-huh. like this because it just it, it just goes to show cats are dicks no, yeah, no, no, the no, whole no. In, a, in a monologue of this cat is I'm a right. dick. Yeah. So it actually took me a couple of couple of boxes of narration to realize that it was the cat who was narrating and not Selena. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't immediately obvious to me, and I realized, oh, see, it's this cat who's actually casing because Selena's moving in. She's got the kids helping her move into yeah. her new like you know apartment in this building. Yeah. And this cat's like watching from the balcony and he's basically talking about how 
oh, this this human's strange, and she's got a routine, you know, I'll wait, she's, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, it's kind of weird, you know, her costume, you know, makes her, like, she's just, nah, that's absurd. And I love that the cat's actually kind of, like, being kind of pompous about everything and, like, looking down on her. It's like, no, I'm going to sneak in. And, it's, and this is what I love about it, is that it treats the cat like the cat's actually performing a heist, like Selena would. So the cat's trying to sneak into her house to go for the, 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 the biggest treasure of it all. literally has some dialogue from the cat on narration saying, yeah. having completed my reconnaissance, I will make my move tonight. Yes. I love this. I love I, lo I love giving like you know pets or animals like this voices like this, and I think that the way when it's when the cat's going in, it's like okay, I must not be distracted by the temptation because it was like a, a hamper of like a ball of string. It's like must not be tempted right. by these things. Uh, a thousand traps and temptations await yes. me, but I will not be deterred. Right, but then when Selena does catch the cat and it's into the jewelry because that's the shiny stuff, and it's got like the bangle around his neck and like you know those rings and jewels just flying because obviously Catwoman has this lying around because she's Catwoman. And he comes down. It's like okay, I must play coy. The first, the first method of not being like you know trapped is cuteness. So so puts his head down to get petted, and oh, then the claws, and then makes a run for it. I, I love that when, oh. when Catwoman comes in and it's you know it's been distracted by all the shiny things. Like fool, I allow myself to be distracted. I know. I yeah, love this. And then my my favorite line here was actually where it basically paraphrased their Rorschach from Watchmen. Like she thinks I'm trapped in here with her. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. i love it so much and then selena puts out something for it to eat or drink and she's like ah this one's coy uh well-played woman crafty. yeah crafty yeah uh it just ends with these two close up to the cat and selena just there on each other and i'm like well-played woman well-played yeah and I, I love the idea that my cats think like this every time i'm being nice to them I'm like oh, okay you want me over again okay i'll be cute <laughs> This was phenomenal. Ram V has got me on board for issue 26. The man's a genius. What can I say? Honestly, you know, uh, between, you know, I've been, me and Matt have been very much enjoying his work on Justice League Dark. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was interesting to come into this and like, okay, what can he do elsewhere? Because uh, I don't think we'd read anything else by him. Uh, well, it, it's a weird three stages thing because you have the first story which is a really solid tie into an ongoing thing that's really well written so I was, oh, that was pretty good and then you have a really good setup story for the run which already convinced me to read the thing and then it hit me with this it hit me with the cat like just, perspective just different. this is where hey, I got some extra pages to play it's issue 25 yeah. we'll have some fun gold so I was just looking up Ram V see what else he's worked on uh, and you go to his website, and it says he's an award-winning author, creator of comics and graphic novels such as Paradiso, These Savage Shorts, uh, Graffiti's Wall, and Rune of Thieves. His short stories and comics have appeared in several anthologies. Most recent work includes Batman Secret Files. Conspirator and Troublemaker at White Nose Studio, Ram currently lives in London, is a dog person, doodles, uh, augmentative melancholic. <laughs> so, the the fact that he goes he's out and says he's a dog person. cat as a dick. It's, it's, right. It's very telling, I, yeah. You know, because uh, I, I, I want to. What's so funny to me though? On some of the other stuff is I feel like you're saying like, oh, this, you know, the cat's a dick and he's a dog person, so this all tracks. And I'm like, but this is oh. why I love cats. That's for me. This is just right. a reinforcement of why cats are the best. <laughs> right. I'm just that he decided to put that in his, you know, bio, basically first right. page. But he's, now he's I want to see some of the uh, British circle of writers that that you know I. I... Okay. Have a lot of Colin, like, like Gillen, for example. Yeah, I, I, I recommend his stuff a lot. I did not know Ram Five was uh, in, uh was uh, from the UK. That's yeah. how I still read it um, uh, every time, every single yeah. time. 
But I'm I'm becoming a fan, and uh, um, Marvel's loss was DC's gain because he was supposed to do a tie-in to some. Mm-hmm. It might have been Empire or whatever. It was doing like a. It was meant to do a Thor tie-in, like mini, like a four-issue thing, and then uh, you know everything hit, and you know a bunch of this stuff got cancelled, including his. Mm-hmm. His Thor thing, and he said he was disappointed they never saw the light of day. But it, you know, yeah. ended up him. You know, is what led to him taking a lot of these extra DC work by the sounds of it. Yeah. So and they they they've got a, a new guy. That, well, uh, I, I wasn't reading just Lee Dark, obviously, so I didn't I didn't I hadn't discovered his uh his skill yet. But uh, I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. It's it's always impressive when a writer can win you over in one issue. Yes, yes. I think because he had three stories to do it and it gave me a nice range of like, oh, here's like a nice range of what he can actually do. So it was like, here's these tie-in skills, here's these individual story skills and for his run, and then here's like a weirder idea that you might pull out from time to time. And I'm like, okay, I've been sold on all three fronts. Yeah, because like, the tie-in part is probably the weakest overall, but that's kind of normal for tie-ins. I expect every tie-in to be you know, a rung below whatever they're doing in the regular mm-hmm. book. Like every time, I just oh, okay, you're gonna do a tie, and it'll be probably fine if it's a good enough writer, but rarely, you know, is exciting. Uh, so the fact that you can handle that all right on the first issue is is always a good sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, very good. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Matt? About no, no, no. no. I was just uh, looking. Apparently, there's a book called Brigands that looks very up mine and Connor's. Uh, he was tweeting just today or yesterday that he's got a new book approved uh you know it's been pitched and it's approved for mm-hmm. sometime next year hoping it's a nice. dc book hmm. all right matt what are you given uh i'm i'm gonna give this uh the collection sorry i'm gonna give it an eight it's all pretty solid uh the art uh in particular really sets it above yeah. Also, just to mention, uh, for I, of course, we used to love talking about on a regular basis um, with Green Arrow, and I felt like he's been gone yeah. from DC for a while. He's so been this doing was... a lot of Marvel work over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was nice to see him back, for at least for this one story. Uh, what are you giving it, Connor? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, I loved a lot of it. Um, and the art, I felt like it got better with every story. I mean, to my tastes. Uh, and, and it was already at a high bar. Blank yeah, I, I feel like... For me, it peaked with Jean-Paul Leon and then went down a little bit. But I mean, a little bit. Like, I still love Faraya. <laughs> so I think Faraya's stuff just was an extra notch. I think the colors really popped in his story. Uh, I think it was the same colorist that we had in, in Jean-Paul Leon's stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, off the top of my head. Uh, it was, yeah, I'm just double-checking. That wasn't wrong. But obviously, they're a lot flatter in, in that story. Uh, whereas in this third story, they, they've got a gorgeous glow to them that I just really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to give it... I'll agree with the 8.5. I think, honestly, as much as... Even though I thought the tie-in issue story was really good, I think if that wasn't here and it was just a regular-sized issue with the two last stories, I might have even given it the 9. Uh, I, I probably would have done as well. I think those yeah. two are 9s, and the first story was like an 8. Yeah. So it kind of balances out. Yeah. So there you go. That's Catwoman 25. Uh, solid start to a new run. Uh, all things. Justice League 53, Joshua Wilson writing and Zermanico on the art. This is our first in a five-part uh, tie-in story yeah, to so. Doom Metal. To Death Metal, called Doom Metal, yeah. Uh, so, which obviously is the most exciting Justice League's been, even though I enjoyed some of the fill-in stuff that I've been doing, this mm-hmm. is definitely the most relevant and interesting it's, it's been. It's yep. tying into Metal, which honestly has been a, a really fun event so far, uh, and most of the tie-ins have been at least enjoyable. You know, 
Yeah. Do you know what I was, I was at this cover again, Matt? Do you know what Nightwing is kind of looking like on there to me with his, uh, his garb? I'm getting some sort of like uh, Warhorse vibes through the wrestler. Yeah. 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 What, Keep what it in my was it was it the last Mel where we got mm. Nightwing in the other outfit? I think it was like the frozen outfit, maybe. Oh yeah, 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 he had like an outfit in the first metal. You're right. Yeah, he did. And, and um, I don't yeah. know what it is with metals just giving Nightwing crazy outfits. I think it was. I think yeah. it might have been Liam Sharp yeah. that did that one as well. It works. So he did the cover here. Yeah, um, right. I'm I'm all for it. No, it does. Yeah, no. uh, Nightwing rules ass. So that's <laughs> it. Does he literally does? <laughs> so this is uh. Uh, it starts off with like a flashback of uh, the first time Dick saw the Justice League, which was by accident. Mm-hmm. He was actually just trying to sneak up on Batman to prove that he could. But then when Batman got out the, yeah. the Batmobile, it turns out he was at a Justice League meeting. He was like, shit, I don't want to sneak out I, now. I'll just have to hide. I love that the second panel of this issue is a young Dick Grayson clinging on to the underside of the Batmobile as it speeds yeah. down yeah. the road. He's a very athletic uh, young individual, you know? Um, no, he is, but also just to see if he could is the most Dick Grayson. Right there is more Dick Grayson than we've gotten in the last two years. I know. Uh, nice touch as well that the Justice League has Hal Jordan there, because it's meant to be obviously yep. back in Dick's days as, as Robin, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. Uh, so it talks about how the Justice League would you know achieve all these things, which sets us up into the Doom Metal where he's now on Earth. He's got um, a robot horse, which he got from uh, Themyscira. Diana gave it to him. Because mm-hmm. she's generous which... that way. <laughs> Which checks out that's something the best just would have made, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, so so that all goes. Yeah, and um, uh, Dick's looking for for Detective Chimp for Bobo to help find. Uh, mm-hmm. where the uh, the throne is, because the throne, which is made up of the Legion of Doom, which are powering uh, Perpetua's throne, uh, they mm-hmm. want to try and take that away. That's his mission, his team's mission. And uh, Hot Girl also shows up here, of course, as well. Some yep. action uh, with them fighting some of these. So- uh, so I don't know if you guys have Creepers? read Birthright, the uh, nope. his his book uh, Williamson's. No. Um, but it features a barbarian, uh, dark-haired hero, and a winged uh, lady that swings oh. around and, and beats people. So this feels familiar, is what you're saying. Big Birthright vibes, just from the get-go. And I'm behind on that book uh, because of the the pandemic and whatnot. So I have them stacked up to read, but. Yeah, man, she uh, his his hot girls remind me of Raya, and then uh, his Nightwing looks like Mikey. So it was just this is he's right and right into his groove. Um, but, so yeah, but so if you does, any, if, does anyone in Birthright have a robot horse? No, no robot so horse. There's plenty of other fantasy. You would you would like the book a lot, Connor, if you get some time with all really? of the other stuff. Yeah, um, but so yeah, if if you enjoy this and you're listening, go check out Birthright because it's much more. Of this, um, without superheroes, of course. I, I will say it, that's I, probably the most own. I've been interested in Birthright. Not that I ever thought it was bad, but yeah. you know, Williamson, I liked for the most part. Obviously, I fell out with his flash yeah. after a while, but I still overall liked Williamson. Yeah, Batman yeah. Superman's been good, and yeah, it's, but I never yeah, had it, any drive to check out his, his uh, no. Birthright book. But you, you saying that this kind of hits similar vibes has me yeah. interested. Yeah, so oh, it, Matt, it going. So, uh, Basically, uh, Bobo is not really wanting to help. He's basically given up and thinks that there's no hope of anything ever changing hey, or getting better. In. Uh, but Dick and Hot Girl basically encourage him <laughs> to <laughs> to let, get him to help because he is, of course, a good detective. And they go to the Hall of Justice and they're upset to find that what he's actually led them to is Lex Luthor. And I think it's really interesting here mm-hmm. that we're using 
sort of the team led by Dick Grayson to sort of interact with Luther uh, on the side of this, where Luther now obviously wants to take down Perpetua, now that he feels wronged. And it's interesting hearing him talk about becoming Apex Lex now, kind of in hindsight, that he's kind of like beyond that now. And I don't know, I'm intriguing to see how they, they tackle this, but uh, very much an uneasy alliance is going to be forming yeah. here. And uh, he does talk about the protection that the throne has, which does keep moving to, to avoid attack. Right. But its protector is a creation built out of the uh, the, the, you know, the guardians of the source ball. It's called the Omega Knight. Mm-hmm. So if you were <laughs> sick of new versions of Batman. <laughs> but you know what? It checks out in what they're doing in Death Metal. It's, it's sure. consistency. Uh... It felt you reminiscent know? of like a callback to the, the the very first pages of the first metal with the the mm-hmm. Megazord Justice League. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Um, I can see that. But yeah, no, I, you know, I know I can see it might come all over the place, but I do like when when they go out of their way, like you know, Black Monday, the Solomon Grundy Batman, like that's just fun, right? And here with the Omega Knight, it's the same thing, and it's it's pulling it back to no justice because these are those those things, right? That that were coming. Um, yeah, this is what that, the uh, wonder... that event, that four issue, was, yeah, uh, yeah, was all about. Okay. So I like that. Yeah. Um. So the ending is basically like saying that Martian Manhunter's already tried. He's already on his way to fight and try and like you know take the throne. And mm-hmm. the last page is this full page spread of Martian Manhunter fighting the main hunter, which is the the dark bat version of mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the art a little bit just before that where Lex is telling the story he hasn't named uh, Martian Manhunter yet but he says you know a, a hero went to, hero. Yeah. to free them and you just see the silhouette and immediately just from the silhouette the way the cape is I was like that's Martian Manhunter yep. yeah uh, and then it, you see it without the silhouette but it's still from behind in the next page he's very small in the frame but you can sort of start to see more of and then the final page actually reveals it um, so yeah, I mean, it's mostly a setup issue. Uh, it's, it's setting the table for what what the the goal of this this book is, what the mission for these characters are. Uh, I assume more are going to join along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there may be more on some of the covers that we've already seen. And Probably. yeah, they're going after this stone. So yeah, it gives them a clear mission. Uh, it gives a lot of these characters something to do. And it's kind of interesting how obviously this is set after Dick coming back because he's Nightwing again, right? Is we're not doing yeah, any of this yeah there's a crap. whole bit about that that bobo is just like i don't give a shit yeah uh yeah i didn't ask for your life story i just asked why you had a metal horse <laughs> yeah um just real quick if if mind hunter is an amalgam of martian manhunter and bruce wayne mm-hmm. do you have to set his parents on fire to defeat him that's very dark but uh i'm just saying like may- maybe Maybe this Batman Mindhunter, his parents weren't shot; they were burnt at the stake. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that you know that's why his biggest fear isn't guns; it's it's fire. It's fire. I can yeah. see it. I can see it. Uh, this was a fine tie-in issue. I'm I'm going to enjoy this as supplemental material. It doesn't I... it doesn't feel like a misread by any means, but no, it's it definitely was fun though. And I think this... having great art really helps. I hope Zamanica's on most of it, if not all. Yeah, this this is the the Williamson that I know and love. From before he took over Flash and you know, the yeah, and I mean, yeah, he has done uh, Nailbiter too, which gets into more psychological horror tropes. But I guess pretty pulpy as well. So the fact like this is like this fun, even though it's called Doom Metal, I'm sure it's gonna get dark. Um, but like it, it's him riding a metal horse, talking with the, the detective chimp. 
you know, like eh, how much more do I need? It's a, it's like a dystopian fantasy. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the genre I would describe it as, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight point five. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Plus, the romantical art. Can't right. talk about that enough. But yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the 8. I think it probably would have been a 7.5 if it weren't for Zamanico, you know, mm-hmm. pulling it up. Yeah, I, I probably, I'm probably going to go with go a straight 7. I thought it was mm-hmm. enjoyable read, uh, good art, uh, I like the tie-in stuff. Um, yeah, it's definitely the weakest thing I read this week, though, overall, which is a, the sign of a good, I mean, there's only four books, admittedly, but mm-hmm. hey, good week. I, I was very pleased with all the, of all the pretty much all the books I read this week, so uh, that's good news. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, also, just before we got a Connor's Patriot book, I just thought, I thought it occurred to me as we were talking about things there. Uh, Matt, you have to watch The Boys. You just... Oh, I'll get there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm rebounding from hockey season. I'm slowly getting back into things. Uh, I gotta get caught up on Lovecraft Country. Um, I, I'm at the point now where I almost okay. want to do like a mystery science theater commentary track for Batman v Superman, only just so that I can call Superman Homelander every single time I refer to him. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a scene where Homelander and Black Noir, uh, you know, threaten each other with blood. <laughs> and this is a scene where Lois Lane says, "Laser my f and tits," and so on. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I I did notice uh, the uh, Aya Cash showing up at Stormfront, which I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoy. That actress. She's oh, been very the good. worst. Yeah, she's been very good so yeah. far. Yeah. So delightfully uh, hateful. Yeah, the sad. It also impressive about it is it's such a dark satire that's darkly funny at times, but it's also got so much heart that yeah. uh, I think you'll be into it. Uh, yeah, 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 no, I I thoroughly enjoyed the first season, so I'll get to it. I just I have a list of other things um, to to get through uh, yeah. that that were put on hold because of sports. So stupid <sighs> sports ruining everything. All right, yeah. so. Uh, one last thing then before we get to the, all the wrap up stuff is uh, Carter's got a Patreon book, Red Hood, forty something. Forty eight. I, I I'm I'm on the cover now. Oh, you're correct. Oh, good. Good news. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, obviously Lobdell writing with Brett Booth on art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even yes! saying like often yes! issues. I am salvaged by some decent art. Um, until recently, <laughs> anyway. Um. You know what really hurts as well mm-hmm. the cover uh, eyes it's it's a it's a dan mora and a tamara bumblem uh, yeah. uh, doing the switch. cover so i'm like oh that's a nice cover and then you open it up and it's freaking brett booth that's just cruel <laughs> um i'm confused by just the placement of this issue so this is a joker war tie-in and this is actually i'm gonna say this this part of it is not lobdell's fault because that's clearly an editorial demand right um, but it's a very, very weird place in the story to throw and do a crossover. It's not like it's in the middle of an arc. L- last issue had, I, I, I say, if you recall, I'm sure neither of you do, um, oh. it had the the past versions of the outlaws, uh, you know, uh, Jason, you had Roy and Starfire mm-hmm. showing up, uh, you know, through in this in this place there, that chamber of all. That and seems meeting. familiar. Yeah, and, and they, and, you know, and, and that was the, the final cliffhanger was, Holy shit! It's us in the past. Was was the cliffhanger, and this opens with like the first page is a full page spread splash kind of, except the top like third is kind of cordoned off, um, and it's like it's in like a like a sepia tone 
uh, it's you know it's a current re- present day Red Hood and Roy, and um, then you know it's you know Roy going you know technically Arsenal. Notice the mask. You know what's wrong with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. And it's it's like okay, so this is directly picking up where we left off, and then it does like a like a page rip sort of thing, like the like, like that's like been ripped out by the rest of it, and underneath you have just you know Red Hood riding on a bike in Gotham. And then the credits show you know, an untold story of the Red Hood just in time for the Joker War crossover. And I'm very confused because are you telling me everything in this run has been after the, the Joker War crossover now? Because there's some serious timeline things, discrepancies popping up here. And I just, you, you can't do an untold tale as if this is in the past, in the middle of this present story. Like, it's such a bizarre cutaway choice that I just, do not understand. Um, it, it doesn't help the rest of the issues. Terrible, don't be wrong. But just on the very first page, I was like, "What is going on here? Why is this happening?" But basically, you know, Red Hood riding around Gotham trying to do some stuff. Joker is doing Joker war shenanigans, eating pizza like he does, I guess. Um, sends punchline on it. Although somehow I'm going to mention it never named punchline this issue, and it's really weird. The, the the first bit here, it's a bit of a tease because he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll put the best woman on the job, right?" And it's punchline and silhouette, uh, you know, and deep shadows, just going to say always. And it cuts away. It's Jason talking about Margun's school and you know all the 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 origin history stuff. You got some mm-hmm. flashbacks to his early days with Bruce. Some terrible dialogue. Um, it was you know Jason saying, oh, "I'm not going to be friends with you." Um, and Bruce being like, you know, I got you accepted into Margun's home. Just wanted to make sure you're happy. <laughs> hey, we've just been reading that on previously. Because I, yeah. I never read any of that Margun stuff before. Yeah. Um, and then Jason's dialogue. This is young Jason, obviously, you know, pre, pre-Robin days, but just after he's met Bruce. Um, actual dialogue here. OMG. So happy I could squeak. Yeah. <sighs> And, and all of this flashback is all black and white, except red, which is just really, really, really red. Right. Like, vibrant red. Not, like, subtle, just uh, in your face, as if you didn't get it. But Jason, you know, he gets into Margan's home. It's all abandoned, obviously. Uh, and he's like, you know, oh, I can hear a sound. A sound I'll never forget. The sound of metal on flesh and bone. You know, I heard it again and again the night I died. <laughs> like, oh, this is terrible. And it's uh, Punchline beating up Joker's daughter. And this is where I, I've given Lobdell credit in the past on this run for doing a good job with kind of throwing up name bubbles when you know characters mm-hmm. appear. Just you know, for people who are unfamiliar, you know, just to remind you. And I know Punchline is the hot new thing that's going mm-hmm. on, but hypothetically, if you were just reading Red Hood, and you you were not reading anything else from DC, you don't keep up with the news, you didn't know who Punchline was. This would be terrible. Because, you know, she's there, she's got a crowbar that she's, you know, hitting Joker's door with. And she's like, oh, you know, were you expecting someone else? And, you know, and he goes, oh, no idea who this lady is. But, you know, but, you know, that there's Joker's door. And and Punchline starts to say, my name is. And then before she, you know, she finishes, you know, uh, it cuts off with Jason going, yeah, no interest. And never actually says her name for the rest of the issue. And I'm like, this is really weird. But that's really jarring, especially in this run, which has been quite consistent at naming characters. 
but yeah, I, I guess uh, I, I guess Jason and Duella Dent have a bit of a history that I don't remember uh, because they obviously know each other, and you know, and he's trying to save her, and uh, it goes badly. Uh, punchline blows up the place; it's all on fire, and Jason's carrying her out. And I'm not sure if she's dead or not. It's hard to tell. I don't think she is. Um, but then this is where I found out that one of the the the, the goons that Jason was fighting all this shoot, uh, you know, just some guy in a clown mask, you know, you you see him all the time, right? In in Joker War. Turns out that was Dick Grayson. Oh, you know that, that red that outfit with the red shoulders that he was wearing in Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what he's been wearing while he's been mind controlled by the Joker and been doing his bidding, and he's been running around in Joker War in the city, terrorizing citizens and working with Punchline. Oh, boy. And I'm like, I do not want to read any of this shit ever. No. I'm, I'm glad that's over now, though. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're, 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 you know, they're like, oh, you know him. What's he going to be like? And you know, Jason's like, oh, you, you should know. He can be obsessive. He's not going to accept that she's dead until he finds a body in the wreckage. And he, she's like, oh, already taken care of. He'll assume that the homeless girl's body was left as the Joker's daughter. Um, and they've got her there. That, that, that was the end. Yeah, because they're in they're in like the back of an ambulance van, but they've obviously sold it, mm-hmm. giving her a Joker's face back. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then it's like Joker War continues in Nightwing seventy four, and the outlaw the end of the Outlaws begins in Red Hood forty nine. Um, my God. Uh, but this was a bizarre issue. Like, and I, I don't I don't even like I can't even blame Lavelle too much for the tie in element of it because obviously this was forced by editorial. I'm sure he didn't. Volunteer yeah. for this. But it was such a terrible place in the story to do it. Even even though I didn't care about the story, just structurally, this huge cliffhanger. And then it's not even like we just pretend that didn't happen. We're just going to do a one shot. It, it actively addresses it in the very first page by going, Yeah, yeah, we know this is going on. Well, don't worry about it. And then cuts away to this thing that was supposed to be an untold tale that happened before all the stuff that's been going on. But this stuff has been going on for so long that um, the, the timeline, even by comic standards, is questionable. Uh, very, very frustrating. And, and you know, it's, it's booth on art. It's exactly what you expect. Lots of really rough, um, just, you know, very loose pencils, you know, uh, lots of the extreme motion lines that he likes. Um, mm-hmm. The really See- matte faces. To me, Booth's the worst of the 90s style. Yeah. So if you, I know people that like that, it's not for me. This is not like so. particularly good or bad Booth. It's it's half of the course, exactly what I expect right. from him. Um, but I mean, I don't like that. So it's not a great place to start. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. I'll give it a three. Yikes. All right. Uh... Okay, well, that takes us out of the part of the show. Uh-huh. We pick our favorite stuff of the week, uh, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, best artist, and of course, rank the uh, top five books, or in this case, probably four, since uh, there was only four books. Uh, so, uh, Matt, you can kick us off with panel slash moment. Dang. Um, I'll pull from Justice League, and uh, hmm, I didn't really put too much thought into this. But I do like seeing Nightwing back. Actually, I'm gonna give the Nightwing back in his from Batman. Sure. Back in the suit. Yeah. I'll, I'll go that one. Connor? 
Uh, I'm going to go from Catwoman, the final story. Just the fool. I've allowed myself to be distracted. Uh, it made me laugh. Uh, you son of a bitch. Because uh, it's <laughs> basically... I, I mean, I was basically just going to pick the whole thing, to be honest. That, that, that neither, neither of you picked one of the, the... You guys went on and on and on. Well, I was searching for this this uh, editor's note that didn't exist. Uh, the the two pages. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's brilliant. I mean, that is, uh, that's... I mean, that and then... The sort of uplifting moments from the end of the Rucker story, yeah, were, were both heavy contenders. I'll tell you what, I'll take the Batman. Since Carr took the Cat one, I will take oh, the the, the Batman full pages. But let it be known, let it be known how much I yeah. enjoyed that Cat story. Uh, all right, uh, best cover then of the week obviously there's a bunch of detective comics variants uh if any of those tickle your fancy i'm trying uh, to look through them there's so many there's a behermo catwoman variant which is quite nice um i think i have to go with the variant to batman no it's the clown hunter one um which i'm not actually sure uh, the leader comics geeks uh uh i think was the variant artist i'm i'm not 100 sure though it's kind of confusing uh, let me have a look because it says Jimenez is uh, cover artist and variant cover artist, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimenez did the regular cover and the you know the, the Nightwing one. Ah, okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. Maury's the co- uh, the colorist. I think that's the Derek Chu cover is the one you're referring to. Ah. Oh, yeah, okay. It's not very clear on the listings here who's done what, but yeah. Yeah, it never is. I'm pretty sure that's the Derek Chu one. Yeah. Um, I did look through the Detective Comics covers, and there's some nice ones, but nothing stuck out to me as being better than... I really like the uh, the Bameo one from Detective Comics. Um, it's him <clears> on the gargoyle. It very much reminds me of, I think he might have done a cover very similar to that for Detective 1000. Yeah, I think yeah. I, like the, I like his Catwoman cover more. Um, but one of the things I do love about Bahermo is the texture that he puts on it, the, the clothes. It feels like real material, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why I was why I like the Catwoman one so much. It looks like real like leather or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with the Justice League Gleam Sharp. Uh, sure. It just looks fantasy apocalypse. It's, it's real cool. Uh, Connor? Yeah, I'm trying to look through some of these detective variants. It's hard to tell who a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, I really like the Dodson's one. I like the the, the Mayor one. Uh, the Sirens one. And there's one that's near the top on Liga Comic Geeks where it's like a Batman kind of with his cape out going into the Joker's face. Uh, that's really nice. I have no idea who that one is because the signature is just like a little circle. Yeah, I won't look at uh, it from what from my side of it. Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately I'm going to settle with the the Catwoman variant. But I just want to <laughs> shout out those, those couple. All right. Uh, so best art of the week. Uh, this is a, a an interesting uh problem we have this week because not only is obviously Detective got a bunch of different stories in it with different artists. Even Catwoman has three different stories with three different artists in it. Yeah, I think for me, Detective rules itself out by having multiple artists I can't stand. That's fair. Um, I mean, there no is some. They, they don't raise it up enough. There's something to be said that Catwoman has three different artists, but they're all of a very solid quality to amazing quality, depending on which one you're yeah. on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but then you know, Batman. Mm. Jimenez. Yeah. And then you got Zamanic Cohen Justice League. It's, uh-huh. it's not many books, but good choice of quality. It's it's real. It's really the the dilemma when Lou Pacino who is my favorite artist is is in the you know in a book this week and I'm not even thinking about it 
Mm. You know, yeah. it could be the sink of its inks and coloring too, but the other three books I think are, are a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah I'm really so. torn between Batman and Catwoman for this. Because uh, mm-hmm. on the one yeah. hand, Batman has those moments we talked about the pacing and how much it added to the feel of the the epic blockbuster nature of it. But then Catwoman. The fact that it has three different stories by different artists, and yet somehow the standard is so high across the board, that's impressive on its own as well. It is, and also I think those um, stylized, kind of painted uh, mm. pages in Catwoman might be the standout pieces of art of the week for me. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Catwoman overall. I think it's just such a high standard across it all. Matt? Um, I don't really want to go to Jimenez, but sorry, well. Um, that reminded me of a a a joke i really like on the hit television show buff of the vampire slayer where Mm. uh spike uh there's something there's the episode where the the ghosts happen because there's too much sex but spike says oh like you know what i don't like you guys you know you, you do this you do that you know, you always beat me up. You always do this, and he's like, you know what? Actually, that was all pretty convincing. He just walks away because he was, he was, he was making the speech where he's like, "But I'm going to help you anyway. I'm going to help you fight the big bad." But he then he goes, "No, no, actually, that's all. That's all good reasons just to leave." Bye, right. <laughs> and just walks away. Uh, I am going to go with, and I'll, I hate that you both picked different ones. So now I have to split the tie. Um, you could choose a Monaco and 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 mm-hmm. you know, make it obsolete. Nah, I think Zermanica was easily the weakest of the three. Um, I know it was bad, but... No, it was still very good art, but it was... Yeah, it, I, it was never in contest contest for me this week. I am going to say... Batman. And the reason why I'm saying Batman is because, while it's impressive that Catwoman keeps the standard up across these stories, I think the fact that we're even talking about Jimenez and what as one artist who did enough with his one story to compete makes it technically I mean, slightly more impressive. But I agree, but I think it says a lot that, at least for me, even if you take out the other two smaller stories from Catwoman, the backups, and go just the main you know, Joker War story with Blanco's art, mm-hmm. that would still be on par with Jimenez for me. Mm-hmm. And would be you know a, a tough decision in its own. Way. It wouldn't for me. I think if it was just that story versus Jimenez, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be an easier choice. I still picked Jimenez, but it'd be a slightly easier choice if that was the case. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so then rank the books then. Uh, and it was a good week, so this should be a quite happy list, Matt. We where'd you go? So I, I I hate that this has happened, but the numbers been crunched, and I have to put Batman as number one. <laughs> and, on day on Batman Day, uh, number two is Justice League, <laughs> uh, three is Catwoman, and four is Detective Comics ten twenty seven. Oh, okay, yes. Inter- interesting. So, I tried to put Justice League number one, but I just could not. I mean, so it's too much. It's Bat Day, and Batman has put Batman as his number one book on Bat Day. Carter, what's your <laughs> rankings? Uh, I'm Sam with Catwoman, which I mean is a Bat yeah. family book, but I, I mean it's only one other choice this week that's really not. Uh, but that's number one, and then Batman at two, Justice League at three, and then Tech at four. Yeah, I think I will go with Batman at number one, Catwoman at number two, Detective at number three, and then Justice League at number four. 
Uh, and also, technically, Connor has Red Hood at number five, just to put that out there. Patreon so, books don't count. Uh, ah, well, otherwise, the... otherwise, I might have had, you know, that Dan Mora cover in consideration, and, and I, I didn't. doesn't count. It's the newest, issue. It's the newest issue, so I just feel like, yes, it's, it's, hey, what... Didn't, and... didn't come out this week, doesn't count. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I will. Uh, I've got some Patreon books to do next week. I got American Vampire, and I have a new one to do actually this month. Uh, next week I'll be reading Grant Morrison's Animal Man issue one, so you can. Oh, that's good. Look uh, forward don't to forget, that. we it is a five week month this week this month. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, but I'm behind on American Vampire, so that means I can do the second one. So I may not do two next week. I may do two the following week. I may just do one next week. See how the week split up. Yeah. Uh, but. It's, which is on nicely to tell you what's coming next week. So, uh, coming out next week, we have The Flash 762. We have Action Comics 1025. We have Aquaman 63. Batgirl 49. Justice League Dark 26. Batman Superman 12. Shazam 15. Batman Beyond 47. Dark Knight's Death Metal Speed Metal Issue 1. Suicide Squad Issue 9. Books of Magic 23. The Last God Number 9. And if you care, Looney Tunes 256. Uh, so... That is all DC books out next week. Uh, so it's a healthy enough week. Um, it hurts me so much that we're getting a whole super family reunion, but it's going to be with John Romita Jr. Art. That is... Uh, don't remind me. Brings my piss to a boil. I'm very glad I have to read it. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you have to read Superman this month. But hey, we'll see what the patrons pick for you next month. You're almost out of Red Hood, so I guess he gets to go back and read Ben to Superman. <laughs> hey, hey. Also, they, might, they might want me to keep reading Red Hood. It's The book's not ending. I don't, I've had a pretty good run with people picking good books for me, although David did imply that maybe if Red Hood gets good, that he might switch to making me read something instead, which I'm not particularly... Because David will not give me something good. David will punish me. Yeah. yeah. He will hurt me. Uh, Honestly, there's a chance that you might hate Animal Man. I mean, I might, but I mean, I don't think at least there's a. I mean, I don't think that's been chosen out of cruelty. No, although to be fair, from my memory of reading it quite a few years ago now, it doesn't start off that weird or Morrisony. It's uh, okay. it's not until the last like third of the run of the. I think it's like twenty six issues or so. Uh, it's not until that last third that it gets out there. If it eases me into it, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not against it entirely. Um, so yeah, so look forward to that over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's what's coming next week. Uh, we got a healthy week of books to, to talk about next time, so that's cool. And I had actually totally forgot it was a five week month, to be honest. That even occurred to me. Uh, yeah, we've still we've still got a Justice League annual to come. We've got Batman 3 Jokers to come yet. Oh, yeah, there's a, a Superman annual. Yeah, there's a Wonder Woman that week as well. We've got uh, the Jokers Warzone one shot. There's, there's tons still. It's actually quite a healthy fifth week, to be honest, uh, which is nice. Did they, uh, uh, a legion? Apparently, the uh, the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four tie in is coming out that week. Did they <laughs> yeah, good luck they with that. They canceled all the variant covers again, and they recently did. moved those to December. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we will see. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, we don't usually tell you what's coming the week after, but Connor decided to read almost the I entire just, list of books was, that were coming in week five. I actually didn't. I just pointed out the big ones that are still to come. It was most. That was most of the list. Most of the ones that we read in the show, anyway. That is just not true. I, I missed at least three major books that we read in the show. I'll be reading the Justice League annual. Technicalities. You know what we won't be? What is it? No, I will be. Oh, you will be? What is it? 
Uh, it's Vendetti, and it's a, oh. murder, a murder mystery in the Hall of Justice. Oh, I remember oh. that being solicited. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll give and that. Then, uh, Batman Superman annual? I try to cut annuals if I can, just for time. Yeah, is, it, is that still and... Williamson doing the annual on that? Uh, I no, that's I... what I'm checking right now. So. Du, du, du. Yeah. My, uh... Du, du, du. I'm trying to stall for Matt for getting me. the answer, but it's taking away. <laughs> yeah, because my internet's it acting is. like an a-hole. It is, and it's it is. Uh, Eagle Shums yeah. on, on the art as well. Oh, there you go. Well, there's a few eyes, but he's in there. Yeah, Clayton Crane too. Nice. Uh, and, uh, nice. And, <laughs> no, no. This is the and Mixit Fiddlick. Ah, well, there you go. So that sounds like fun. Uh, sounds like a solid week five then, at least, which is cool. So there you go. That is, uh, that is the show. That is episode 219. So we'll be back next week for 220. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, as of this recording. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, they are all $20 or more on patreon.com slash TV, where you can go and support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your troubles. At the $5 tier uh, in particular, you get early access to the show by a day, and that goes for previously in the multiverse as well. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, at the higher tiers, of course, you can make me or Connor read a book. Uh, but as some people do, obviously. That's, that's what we are talking about earlier. So uh, you can do that. You can also like and subscribe on YouTube. That's a big deal. Uh, liking is a nice, easy and free way to show that you like the content and you want to keep coming. And it helps us find more audience members. Uh, same by rating and reviewing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, if you listen to the audio versions, of course. And many of you do. We have actually far more audio listeners than we do video uh, watchers, but uh, that's fair. I mean, we're all ugly, so I mean, I think that's a fair life choice on your part mm-hmm. uh, so oh, see if, do you think if I like just like covered Connor's camera they might watch the more people might watch the video Matt I very much doubt it still you though uh, I mean I might start watching <laughs> <laughs> I can watch I'm my s- I can watch what my what's quite funny is, is when we record because of where I have to have my, my camera situated um, I can't actually see Pete right now I can only mm. see Matt it's yeah. very nice Oh, I bet it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, catch us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast as well, uh, and we'll see you next time. If you want to send any questions to the uh, the email, which is mftvquestions at gmail dot com. Uh, not that we need them for next week, but you know, if they get sent, we'll sort of let them tally up for next time we do have a quieter week for books. Uh, please feel free to do so. Uh, but that's us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Nightwing rules ass.